This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I have to break it to you. I, I normally record this show pantsless. And Rich Crage. My God, just, it's like, just play along with it. It's wrestling, man. Just let yourself go for a minute. And we are live on the Flagship Podcast. I am Rich he is Joe. Joe, we are finally back at full strength. We're on Thursday. All is right in the world again. How are you? I'm all right. We did some Wednesday shows. We did a Tuesday show, but now we're back on Thursday. Just us, Joe and Rich. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, glad to be back. Back in the regular time slot. Yeah, that's well, Tony, and, and you know, and he was nice enough. Uh, TK was nice enough to, you know, we, we came to an agreement. Shook hands and we said, you know what, we'll have let you have Wednesdays for a little while again. So uh, they got Wednesdays again, and look, it was a pretty good rating, other than the, you know, the Weather Channel. Uh, AEW got a decent rating this week. So I thought that number held up very well, all things considered. Um, Considering an that- entire state didn't have power, a bunch of people are like <laughs> anticipating uh, a natural disaster in their house, and everybody was watching the Weather Channel. Yeah, that did pretty good. I would say finishing ninth to seven weather shows and Tucker Carlson is pretty good. Well, I re- I had read somewhere that Tucker Carlson wasn't really Tucker Carlson. They just they they preempted him for hurricane news. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I, I don't but... know, and I'm I'm not gonna find out. I really don't care to find out what uh, the content of Tucker's show this week was, but or this this uh, Wednesday was. But... Well, the, well, the point is that would explain his uptick. In right, 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 right. That would totally if, yeah. If if that's true, it would explain his uptick in the eighteen to forty nine. But um. If you would have told me like beforehand that they were going to do 990 and a point three four, um, that that's almost like not a terrible number without the hurricane coverage. But going up against the hurricane coverage, you know, I think they would have signed up for that if if they would have told that beforehand. Certainly, I thought they were. I thought they were going to do way worse, way worse, and not just going up against the hurricane coverage because maybe maybe people that don't live in America don't understand. But when something like that happens here, people just put on the news and they leave it on for a day and a half. Right. My, myself included. And I don't exactly know why it's, I, I guess it's an American phenomenon. It, it's not like people think it's like a torture porn thing or whatever. And maybe it is, maybe it's partly that. I don't know why I'm just fascinated by it. I'm just, ex- I'm just yeah. interested in, but yeah, it, it, hurricanes, major tornadoes, major weather things. Like it, it's, it's, it's around the clock. People just, that's what they watch. The, you, you know, and that will be on my TV tonight when I'm done with this show, seeing, you know, lizards, the, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Blood. It's just kind of, I don't know why. I can't really explain it. I, same thing with me when there's like a major thunderstorm going on or a major tornado or whatever. I put on my TV right away. Oh, what's going to happen? Let me get the updates about what's going to happen or whatever. And I don't know. And, and especially in this case where the, the, you know, the hurricane doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. But like, I don't know. It's just something that, I guess it's an American thing, and I don't know why. I don't know how it started or why or whatever, but yeah, it, it's something that is hard to explain to somebody that, like, why would you watch, you know, a natural disaster take place that doesn't affect you or whatever, and I don't know why. I don't know. It's um, that combined with, you know, there really wasn't a lot announced for the show either. Um, 
I guess because, you know, he gave people the option to take the night off if they were flying in from that area or lived in that area. So all of those things combined, I figured, ah, they're going to they're gonna do a, a – you know, I talked about this behind the paywall. I thought they, they'd tank – that would all tank the number and you just kind of throw it out and then see what, see what they do next week. But it's pretty much a – just a slightly a slightly lower than normal number, I would say. So um, from that standpoint, the ratings stood up. And I know I've been – I kind of have changed my recording schedule a little bit um, now that the kids have started school. That's the reason for that. Um, uh, <laughs> I got accused by someone in a message of uh, – of of changing the recording schedule and not talking about ratings because they're not favorable to AEW. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I and, knew it. I knew you were because you're a coward, Joe. You're a fucking coward. Which, which is hilarious. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 like no, I have to pick kids up from school. I mean, <laughs> and that's, but um, also but you're a coward. I mean, let's let's be honest. But also, what's funny is during that period, their ratings are good. Like their <laughs> right? ra- they're very good. All time. Their ratings have been good every week. Like, like that doesn't make sense from that standpoint either, because the ratings, like since All Out, have all been really good. Um, so it's just like, but anyway. So um, my recording. <laughs> I, love that. I love it so much. People are crazy. So, so <laughs> are very crazy. Yeah, out of their minds. So, my recording schedule changed. But what? But after a few weeks of that, people were like, "We we want the ratings talk." So, you know what I say now behind the paywall is, "All right, I'm doing this, you know, at fucking noon or whatever." But we'll do the rating talk a little bit. You know, if we do the flagship on a Thursday, you know, we'll do it here. So, um, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up either way um, because people people love. The ratings talk, Rich. They do. They, they do love that shit. So there's your ratings talk. I there thought it, it was a yeah. uh, shockingly good, uh, shockingly maybe wrong, wrong verbiage. Uh, these people accuse me of dodging talking about it, so I better get my verbiage right. <laughs> um, I, I thought the number held up shockingly well. Was my take? That's probably yeah. It's, it's, it's like you agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely. I, I, I thought it was going to get absolutely pulverized, um, uh, especially with such a, a, a you know big state and you know AEW's home base being in florida obviously a lot of the uh fan base being you know <laughs> in the direct eye of a storm plus all the storm coverage and when those ratings came out uh the first thing i looked at is i clicked it and it was just weather channel weather channel weather channel, and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna have to scroll pretty far to find AEW, and it wasn't bad yeah ninth is is is, is not too bad uh, i i really thought i was gonna have to scroll uh, a lot more i did love in that ratings chart i don't know if you noticed this but like the men 18 to 49 was like the brightest green i've ever seen it <laughs> like those those dudes were just like screw the storm i got my wrestling on like it was so yeah. it, it's so bright sense, green though. go yeah. look at that go look at that chart It's the brightest green you've ever seen in the sea of like you know off green kind of yellow and here's this like bright green you're like whoa what's that and it's it's men 18 to 49 who have no time for uh the weather channel so yeah that's uh men 18 to 49 a point four six. <laughs> <laughs> probably sick of it their wives are sitting there you know watching the, the their girlfriends are watching the you know the storm well, well, come on put the wrestling on. <laughs> well here you go look the 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 five to six storm center on the weather channel was number one overall for the night and was the also the only hour of tv that beat uh dynamite and men 18 to 49 yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah then so after that they're like you know what i can't watch this anymore <laughs> right i'll take anything Oh, pro wrestling's on. I'll take it. So someone else made a good point, too. You look at this chart, and it's all 
There's only only TBS and Bravo are the only two non news stations in the top fifty period. If you would count ESPN as news, since it's like Sports Center. Right, right, right. Oh wait, there's one Lifetime show at number forty three too. <laughs> so that's it. There's a couple Bravo shows, the wrestling on TBS, and then one show married at first whatever the fuck. First sight, I believe, right? Well, the first two letters, well, maybe, because it says married at first ST. Maybe that's short for sight. You're probably right. Um, at number 40. Don't ask me anything about that so, show. I've never watched it. So, I think my I wife think it is as described. I think it's pretty obvious by the title of what it is. But I think my wife watches that. It's one of those awful shows where, where people are just doomed to waste <laughs> yes. X amount of time in their life. Because they, yeah, just, you know, we could try to make this work. It's like... I think if it's the show I'm thinking of, it's relatively young people too. And they're like pretty average looking. Like they're not super hot people like some of the shows pick. But they're not like sea creatures and they're relatively young. And I just it it and I'm watching this with my wife and I'm 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 the, my first thought was, okay, these people have massive personality flaws that have yet to surface if they agreed to if they need to be on this show right 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 if they can't find people in the open market which has been never been easier to find uh uh, people in the open dating market these days but i know complete psychopaths that have no problems dating you know what i mean (laughs) so you you know how broken you have to be what hey brit what's that show you watch where the people uh have to get is it married at first sight with the with like the six very average looking couples, and then they have to like try to make it work after they get like they get married, and then they have to make it work. Is that the show you watch? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, see, that's the show. They get rich, they get married, then they have to be like, hi. Yeah, I'm so there's there's another show that I'm maybe I'm confusing married at first. I, I think I know that one. And there's another one too that's kind of the similar style and, and, and vibe but yeah i've seen like a clip of married at first sight and yeah it's like they pretty much just jump into marriage and then try to figure it out later which is uh not a not a recommendation that i would make i, I would i would no, say you know shit. <laughs> figure out uh, your relationship first and then get married is is my bold uh take of, of how you should uh, uh and, and then they'll be like yeah, I can't figure out why this isn't working. We're just not connecting. Because well, you just not connect. That's fine. Like, that happens. You don't fucking know each other. Let's start there. You met on the fucking altar. How'd you think this okay. was going to end? So the no-dope chat room is flying in with other love is blind and 90 day fiance. I am confusing 90 day fiance and married at you first are. sight. But I think they're fiance, pretty fiance, similar, right? Similar concept. One is 90- first sight and one's 90 days is what I'm gathering. Yeah, 90 Day Fiance is the far more popular one. Yeah, also not enough time. 90 Days, not enough time either. Not enough time. That's that guy with no neck. I'm sure you've seen me <laughs> with him. With no neck. He looks like he got hit in the head with a Tomer hammer. Yes, yes. 90 Day Fiance? Uh, Hold on. The host of 90 Day Fiance or just a guy on 90 Day Fiance? No, like one of the guys on the show. Like he's Oh, I don't. The, yeah, I don't. I don't know. One of the fiancés. Oh, yeah, this guy. You know the guy now, right? I know the guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's guys, it's a disaster box. Look at him. He's and the woman's like pretty attractive, you know, right? Like she's she's fine. Yeah, I think it's an Asian lady, if I'm not mistaken. No, nah, I don't. I don't know what she is. Yeah, hey, the guy on the guy on uh, 90 Day Fiance who got looks like he got hit with a mallet and he has no neck. His lady's an Asian lady, right? If I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the fiance is like an Asian lady. Okay, I think. all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that guy. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about. He's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these shows are. They, 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 yeah, you got to be a crazy. Yeah, you got to be a crazy person to be on them. And I'm sorry, you got to be a crazy person to watch them too. I, I apologize to TLB, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're you know, absurd. I mean. Be be more like her husband who watches normal stuff like professional wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be more like me who watches four <laughs> college football games at the same time, and I don't even like college football. Be more <laughs> like me. That's normal behavior. <laughs> Sitting in your house with the the blinds drawn, watching Yohei and Hayata. <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait to get to I that. Skip that. I skip that. I'm not doing that ever again. Life is too short I, to watch another Yohei and Hayata match. Oh God! It never ends, Rich. The feud that'll never end. Like they'll either they're either facing each other or teaming together, <laughs> turning or on one another, other. and somehow turning on one another. Yeah, I can't and, imagine. And, and, and they both stink. Like they're they're both terrible. Ugh. How many times have we had, do we got to review these guys involved in some <laughs> kind of match? We're going to review them this time. I'll tell you that. I, yeah, well, I'm I not am. watching that, I am. but uh, we have You're plenty to get to. Uh, you slapped. Are... 50, you slapped thirty seconds. Oh ahead yeah. Of you <laughs> oh one, yeah. Huh? No, I sla- I okay. dragged that thing until I saw uh, uh, Funaki walk into the ring, and I was like, "Yep, there we go." <laughs> That's what I was looking yeah. for. So I, I don't know what happened. Who won? Don't care. Don't need to know. I'm fine. I saw I saw Yohei come out, and he looked like he hadn't showered in weeks, and I was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm, I don't need this. Life's too short." <laughs> so <laughs> looks like he hasn't showered in weeks. Right? He's kind of always yeah. yeah. Oh, Yohei, yeah. He, like he, yeah or, or that he showers, but like he never puts shampoo in his hair, ever. He definitely reeks of cigarettes. <laughs> oh, like yeah. there's Yeah. There's no doubt about that. You know? He's <laughs> yeah, he uh the cheap ones that, you know, like the like the, the, palm the American spirit. Yeah, yeah. The American spirits or palm malls or whatever, yeah. The ones that you yeah. just can't get off. Like people don't know that they because the people that smoke them don't know that they smell because they've lost all sense of smell. But like they smell horrific. You're right. like, dude, you smell like cigarettes. Like, no, I don't. Like, no, I'm telling you, you do. Like you walked into the room and and you smell like a pack of cigarettes. And so, no, you you smell horrible. But uh, yeah, that, that's Yohei. But we'll get to that. We'll get to Noah Grand Ship in Nagoya Pro Wrestling Love Forever Two Outbreak. We'll get to that. We'll get to Higuchi and Takeshita. Uh, from DDT, Who's Gonna Top, which is actually the name of a show, which I'm sure uh, Joe will say something uncomfortable, and I will talk my collar when we talk about that. But that is the main event of a, a recent DDT show that's getting a lot of praise, uh, currently a 9.54 on Cage Match. So we uh, both watched that. We'll review that one. Uh, All Japan had their 50th anniversary show a couple weeks ago. It was delayed, uh, but it is up. Uh, I watched it. You watch it. So we'll cover that show as well from Budokan Hall. Uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling celebrating their 50th anniversary. Uh, New Japan had a Burning Spirits show at Kobe World Hall. We'll talk about that show uh, and then preview the upcoming shows this weekend in the UK. Royal Quest uh, two-night uh, show there uh, in the UK. But, uh, yeah, let, let's let's start with AEW. So we talked a little bit about the ratings, uh, but this is kind of – I mean, you, you did the flagship, obviously, last week. Uh, I was not there. I was gallivanting around Ireland, hanging out with the 4Ls, having a good time. But uh, you did not. How was get... the trip? The trip was good. The trip was good. The uh, we we have a new heel in the uh, the flagship uh, territory though. Uh, the the four L's. Did they did they clue you in about this new heel that we have? I I know nothing about the trip. They it's... they've kayfabed the entire trip. They kayfabed the entire trip. Ken the ferryman. Remember that name. Ken, the, Ken ferry. the ferryman. Yes. This 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 man who was supposed to take us on a ferry to an island. That that was not a derogatory. He is a man who. He runs ferries. He's not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know. 
I would think that Ken the Ferryman is a man who drives a ferry. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure because you know, people, you know, think that I'm being yeah. very rude to Ken. Ken is probably much yeah. more masculine than I am because he, you know, drives a ferry and I don't know how to drive a boat at all. So Ken the Ferryman uh, um, was going to take. So I, I arrive in, in in Dublin at the end of my trip, and Alan Forel and, and Sarah Forel want to hang out, and and so. You know, they're like, hey, take the first day to walk around Dublin and see what you like or whatever, and then we'll figure out what to do the next day. And all right, sounds good. So we we walk around the city and we do all that sort of stuff. We're kind of done with it. You know, we're just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Then Alan's like, well, you know, what what did you what did you like most about this trip to Ireland? And I said, well, we really liked like the castle ruins and we liked, you know, the outdoors and 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 goats and stuff like that. They're all over the place. So he goes, ah, I have the perfect idea. You could take the this- Blarney, the Blarney I stone. The Blarney the, stone. The Guinness. <laughs> All of those. Things. I, I drank Guinness. I didn't go to the Guinness uh, a tour though, but I did. I did oh. drink Guinness, but uh, I did not. And Does I, it taste better in Ireland, <laughs> Joe? I I so badly wanted to say no, and I'll tell you, the, the nurse can attest to this. We got a Guinness, and I was like, ah, "These fucking idiots." There's no way this is better. I took one sip, and I was like, "Motherfucker, it is so much better here." It just well, is. I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's a, a state of mind. I know, and I'm like, "Oh man, I've been I've been making fun of people for like 15 years about that." I yeah. took one sip and I was like, I can't in good conscience disagree with them. It is so much better here. So uh, I've heard it doesn't travel as well or something like that. It's probably also like the ambiance of it or whatever. But regardless, yes. Did not kiss the fucking stone. I'm good. Uh, it combined all the things I hate the most. Lines, yeah. people, people touching you, heights. I got to like bend over a hole and then I have to kiss something that a bunch of other people can. I'm good on all of that. That sounds uh, awful. People's- <laughs> People's disgusting chapped lips yes. all over this. Post COVID, I'm good. Pre COVID, I was good. Post COVID, I'm absolutely good. I'm kissing. I'll tell you what. A fucking quick side. Quick sidebar. I promise. Quick. When I worked in certain establishments that uh, had bars for a number of years, uh, you couldn't get me anywhere near the bar because I want nothing to do with bartending. I can't stand it. But every now and then, you'd have to jump back there and you know get the job done. Pouring Guinness oh. for these fucking Guinness drinkers. <laughs> I know you fucked it up, Royal. Imagine Joe Lanza. Right, you don't know how to pour any drinks. Like if I, I asked you exactly. a Miller Light, you would fuck that up, and it'd be all foam, and you'd be like, "I don't know, buddy, just drink it. It's fine. Just fucking drink it." <laughs> right. You know, it's trying to pour these people with their Guinnesses, and they're telling me to tilt the fucking mug, and <laughs> I'm like, "You gotta, ha- you gotta three fourths pour it, and then you gotta go back like a minute later and pour it again." And so, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, I'm like, guy. I'm only back here because the bartender had to take a shit. Okay, I, you can get your Guinness when Frank is back behind the bar. I'm not dealing with this. You know, yeah, I, I'll, I'll crack never, open a, a bottle. I can open a bottle cap. <laughs> I can do that. For that's you, it. But yeah. Listen, I got a can opener, and I got all kinds of bottled beer that I can handle. You want this fucking Guinness with the with the 19 step pour? You gotta wait for Frank. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so okay, so that that so Alan's like, all right, well, if you're not down with the city, like I, I have some outdoors thing you can do. It, it's we we have to go to this one area in in Dublin. I'll drive you there, and then we have to talk to a guy named Ken the Ferryman. <laughs> Alan says you go to this little like area, and Ken the Ferryman puts you on a boat, and then he takes you to this island. This island's got like an old castle on it, and there's wild rabbits everywhere or something. And I'm like, Alan, that sounds fantastic. That sounds like a great day. So. We meet Alan. He's delightful, as you can imagine. Alan is great. Sarah's great. 
We take the ride. Alan spends the entire time pointing out his childhood like haunts. He's like, "That's where I played soccer or football. That's where I played rugby." <laughs> it was it was adorable. It was, it was and they're all the most innocent things. Yeah, of too, course. Right? Yeah, it's, like, it's Alan. Yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, that's he's where never my mom like, lived." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> he's never like, "Oh, that's where I finger banged Dolores O'Callaghan." Like none of that. <laughs> no, it's like none that's where that. I went to secondary school. That's where I played rugby, and I'm like, "Oh, that's right. cute." All right, well, that's where my mom yeah. worked. I was like, "Oh, all right, cool." Like he's yeah, like yeah. that dentist office. It's my mom right there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. So, all right. So we get to this place. The, 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 it's called Dalkey Island, by the way. Dalkey Island is the island we're trying okay. to go to here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we I hear we're up. the number one. I hear we're the number one podcast on Dalkey Island. <laughs> that's probably true. The wild rabbits really love us there. We are indeed the number one in what Turkey. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We were number one in Turkey for five there it consecutive is. days. There it last is. Week. Thank you, and folks. And folks, that's a shoot. That's a shoot. Number Thank one in you, Turkey, five straight Turkey. days. Turkey. Suck it, Cornette. Suck it, Conrad. Who else? Anybody, because we're number one. Yeah, so just like, suck ar- it, everybody. The Arn Show, that sucks. That's garbage. You know, that's, yep. get that out yep. of there. Yeah, the, 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 the villain podcast. What's what's Regal's? The, vil- the angry villain or something? <laughs> uh, sure, yes, yeah. Well, loser. He's yeah. in the dust in Turkey. That's really all bricks, that matters pal. here. Hit the yeah. bricks. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Turkey. Turkey's big. That's big. That's a big country. Large country. That's, Very large. It's a lot of people. long. Yeah, it's long, it's large. Yeah, yeah. that's that's you know, Isle of Man. I, while I'm happy to be the number one podcast in the Isle of Man, I mean, one guy listens to us, Isle of Man guy, and that really, like, he, if he just doesn't listen to other wrestling podcasts, we're number one. So it, yeah. it works out great. But but Turkey, like Turkey, extends between like two continents. That's, that's what I'm saying. Country, that's big stuff. You know? That's huge stuff. So yeah, could, yeah, it could. looks like a giant wang, like like connected to Asia, but penetrating Europe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway. uh, you are listening to the number one podcast in Turkey, and this is what they're getting here. So uh, thank you, yeah. Turkish listeners, for uh, your support here. Uh, so we get to Dalkey Island, uh, and we, it, it, we're we walking around, and we're wandering, and Alan's like, I think it's right over here, and it's right over here, and we're kind of we're kind of walking around a bunch. I can tell the nurse is kind of like, do these people know where we're going at all? And, and I did. I, I trusted Wholesome Alan to, to get us where we needed to get to. Um, so we get there. And Alan goes, oh, here's where the guy, here's where Ken the Ferryman is. Because he did this once before. And he goes, oh, I've done it. I've I've taken a trip with Ken the Ferryman before. So uh, we show up, and Alan's kind of looking around. He's looking around. He's looking around. And he goes, ah, he'll be here any minute, I'm sure. And then uh, Sarah points out, Sarah, the, the, the smart one of the bunch, says, that door was open last time we were here. That door is padlocked shut this time. And Alan goes, I'm sure it's fine. As he says that, it starts pouring rain, just raining buckets we're not prepared for rain because it was a beautiful day before that so we're sitting there we're sitting there it's just pouring rain pouring rain no kind of ferryman yes ken i'll tell you he left you stranded on the emerald isle he did so then alan's like well he's on facebook go look up ken the fair on facebook and see if there's an update can't find term because now he's hot at ken yeah, the and then he's hot and then he's calling ken the ferryman we got ken the ferryman's number he's calling him like what the fuck's oh, going on here ken the ferryman i got these our, people our from irish, across the world irish do Irish phone numbers have like odd numbers of digits? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's Alan, like Alan gave me his number, and he's like, "Just text me." And I'm like, "Alan, just text me." <laughs> like, I don't understand. You gave me like eleven numbers and a plus sign. Like, I don't know what to do with that. Just text me. Like, <laughs> like two digits, a dash, four yeah. more digits, a dash, letters. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, Afrosans. I was like, "Here's my number. Just text me." Because uh, I think it'll be a lot easier if you. And then ten seconds later, there's a message from yeah. Alan. I was like, "Thank you. All right, that's good." So. So this fucking Ken the Ferryman doesn't answer his phone. Nothing. So we eventually, after like an hour, have to give up. We're sitting there in yeah. the rain waiting for Ken the Ferryman. Every time a boat comes by, we're like, ah, that's him. That's Ken the Ferryman. No. No Ken the Ferryman. 
No idea where he is. There's guys walking up the street. A guy gets out of a car. Alan runs to the car. Ah, that's Ken the Ferryman. It wasn't Ken the Ferryman. It was just a guy. Uh, so eventually we decide to kill it. It's over. Um, so we go to a pub, Joe, and we drink Guinness at the pub. Um, so while we're doing that. Proper, properly poured. Yeah. Oh, proper, oh, of course. It was fantastic pour. Um, so as we're doing this, uh, Sarah gets up. And she leaves to go get other drinks at the at the bar or whatever. So she comes back and goes, I got news on Ken the Ferryman. And we're like, I don't know how this happened, but okay. <laughs> What's the scoop on Ken the Ferryman? And she says, someone told me how this happened. Like, it gets around, I guess. It's not a big city. Someone yeah. said that Ken the Ferryman wasn't doing ferries today because the currents weren't right. Hmm. And, you know, you can't. That's that's reasonable. I gotta say, and yeah. I hate to because we were bashing Ken the Ferryman for the last two hours. Like the whole drinks, and we're drinking over the, the the we're just ragging on Ken the Ferryman. What's going on? Don't show up on your job. What I mean, come on, answer your phone, do something, or whatever. She comes back and says, Ken the Ferryman said he doesn't run because the currents aren't right. You know, and we kind of had to tip our cap to Ken the Ferryman because it's like I don't know the currents. <laughs> like I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. We walked out and we're like, "Yep, yeah, looks good to us." Like that's fine. You know. You know, you kind of got to trust the ferryman. Uh, you do. You do. Part you of know? us was like, "Oh, come on," but then we're like, "Well, I mean, he would know much better than us uh, what yeah. the currents are." But um, it's kind of like if only Kobe had trusted his pilot and not <laughs> insisted to go to practice. You know what I mean? It's yes. like it's it's very similar. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you could, like, you could we, be at the bottom of the fucking Bering Strait or whatever the fuck that is out there. <laughs> We're near the Bering Strait. By the way, this ferry ride was like two minutes, by the way. You could see the island. like You, you could swim to it if you needed to. But as I believe Alan shared on our Discord, uh, it said, do not swim in the water. It is uh, It will destroy your insides, essentially. Was the oh, sunset, yeah. So. I was told you dove right in. <laughs> I did not dive in. I thought about it because I wanted to get to that island. Because let me tell you, we're standing here looking at this island. There's, there's, there's. Wild rabbits everywhere. We can't see the wild rabbits. But I'm told there's wild rabbits everywhere. There's castle ruins. It looked fantastic. It was raining. It looked like a very nice day to go to Dalky Island and enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, Ken the Ferryman uh, said the currents uh, were not good. So uh, even even with that explanation, I still I'm, – I'm, I'm still very upset at Ken the Ferryman for ruining our, our, our time. Because then – You know, I, I am picturing Ken the Ferryman in my head, and I know that's what he looks like. I just <laughs> right. I don't, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to no. send you a picture. Uh, when I looked it up, it was exactly like I thought Ken the Ferryman would look like. So yeah. whatever picture you have is exactly what he looks like. Well, I'm thinking like a cross between the Gortons Fisherman and the new and, and that New York Islanders logo that got rejected by the fans. <laughs> yes, Remember yes, that yeah, guy? Of course. Yeah. Like that's what I'm picturing, like a dude in a raincoat. So he was he's like a, he was like a half, little haggard, yeah, got a little great yeah. beard. He was like half Gordon's fisherman and half like Lieutenant Dan is kind of what he looked like. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I'm picking up Shalane down. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> that's what that's what he was. But uh, yeah, that that's was kind of ferryman. If you shake his hand, I guarantee his hand may as well be a leather glove. It's <laughs> oh rough. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's been pulling up anchors for years with those Rope. ropes. Yeah, he's got ropes. He's he's handling the ropes rope every day. Yeah. Oh, his yeah. hands are dried and cracked. Right. He's he's uh, he smokes something. It's either cigarettes or a pipe. Oh, I or hope a it's cigar. a pipe. I hope it's a pipe. But he 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 smokes some type of tobacco. Okay, he drinks hard. This is the kind of man though who could put down a bunch before he's feeling it. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He t- he takes a handle of whis- of of Irish whiskey on that boat every day and and just nurses. Yeah, it and all he's day. a man. He's a man of the sea. So yeah. I think. <laughs> right. He understands the currents, I would say. I would say so, he does better than me and Alan, who 
were like, I don't know, why is this guy not doing out here? What the fuck's going on here? Come on. It, it, yeah, and then you so. end up at the bottom of the fucking water. Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, it's like Gilligan's Island. You guys are on some remote Irish island. The, the, the nurse, Rich, the four L's, <laughs> and Ken the ferryman. And you're just out there and you're living off fucking, uh, I was going to say coconuts, but it would probably be potatoes. Potatoes and wild right? rabbits, I think, is all we would, uh, would be. Right, and that's yeah. your sustenance. And you're just living out there. And it's, you know, and you, you, you're fucked at that point because you didn't trust the ferryman's instincts yeah, on the current. Trust Ken the ferryman, yeah. Uh, on his website, it says about Ken. It says uh, Ken is in, uh, so his knowledge of the sea and the waterways of Dalkey sound are second nature to him. Ken is an oarsman in the East Coast rowing community for the past 45 years. So that is Ken, wow. well, the ferryman. He, so. Wait, he's been doing this 45 years? He's been, well, he's been an oarsman in the East Coast rowing community oh, for, 45 for 45 years. years. I don't know how long he's been yeah. doing ferries, but uh, he, he is... This uh, is an experienced ferryman. Uh, man, uh, his, he, his, his knowledge of... The sea and the waterways of Dalkey Sound are second nature. Yeah, yeah, he knows those waters and he knows the currents. <laughs> so yeah. So, he, I mean, a little message on the a little message of the voicemail would have been okay, but anyway, that's um that's Ken the Ferryman. So, uh, yes, there is a lot of Ken as Jordan is finding out. There's a lot of Ken the Ferryman lore uh, on his website, but uh, yeah. So, uh, I apologize for the the burial at, at the pub of Ken the Ferryman, but uh, he he's fine. He knows the currents better than Alan and I. But uh, that was that was that was that. So, uh, then then Ken the Ferryman met his late for where we we're gonna eat dinner, and then when we showed up, they were like, we don't have any tables for you. So. Got to hit the bricks. So it was a bit of a disastrous. What, what the fuck? It was an enjoyable. It was all fun, all the same. Because the four L's are fantastic company. So and great yeah. hosts, uh, despite uh, not being able to go on the ferry and not being able to go to our our Italian place that we wanted to go to. So wait, Italian place? Yeah, yeah. An Irish Italian place? I highly recommend it for Mel. Irish Italian. All right. I, I I didn't try it, so I can't tell you. I know there's Brazilians there, which blows my mind. But um. What ha- now, what happened? Your reservation was blown or something? No, they just were like, well, we don't have any tables. Are you kidding? It's like 6 p.m. What are you doing here? <laughs> it's too late. You know, this is it must have been a good place. It was it was it was they're hanging from the rafters, Joe, at this uh, Italian place. We found we got a great dinner anyway. Had some good company. Ate some you know, who, el- you know who else is you know who else is Irish Italian? I don't you. JL. Yeah, there you go. See. Henry Hill from uh, Goodfellas fame. That's why he couldn't be a made guy. One hundred percent. Oh, interesting. There you go. See, as he said in the movie, that old greaseball shit. Yeah. So <laughs> and you make good Italian food, so I don't know why I don't know why you're to doubt the uh, Irish Italian. I didn't doubt it. I just said, oh, okay, Irish Italian. You know, I, why would I? You know, I'm an I'm I'm, a, I'm an Irish Italian. My mother's Irish, so you know, fucking I know fucking soda bread and all that shit. Yeah, a lot of soda bread. Soda bread's great. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that, that's that. That's Ken the Ferryman lore. I uh, knew heel in the territory, but it's not really his fault. He was. He was probably doing the right thing, but uh, did not get to go to Dalkey Island. But fantastic host, the Four L's. Uh, make sure you listen to Alan Four L's show on Pressing Torch. We are on there constantly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Christmas drafts, and I was on for Hiroki Goto and stuff. So plenty of stuff there. Pressing thirty Torch. for thirty. Yeah, thirty for thirty. Yeah, you, 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 you Hiroki Goto. Guys. You had the, yeah. you had the waterfall man. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Waterfall. Yo, man. who I got? Who do you got? The Samoan SWAT team. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Is that yeah, that show's not out yet though, right? No, no, no. Hasn't been recorded yet. 
The Samoan SWAT team. <laughs> I'm digging up some footage. Yeah. I got some rare stuff, too. I'm excited. <laughs> there it is. That's PW Torch, Alan Farrell. Uh, great, uh, great host there. Uh, Sarah, I used to host the Two Sarahs podcast here on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Smartly, uh, barely watches wrestling anymore. She is smarter than all of us. Again, as I said, the smart one. Uh, realized the door was closed. Realized that we should just give up. Sitting in the rain wondering why we're doing this. Also stopped watching wrestling. Smarter than all of us. So Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. I could put in a call, take care of this uh, ferry man if you want. No, no, no. He, 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 no. Seems like, he seems like a delightful man. So Okay. If the currents weren't good, the currents weren't good. You know what? You sure. adjust and you adapt. So, Look, the ferry man doesn't call you. You call him. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, yeah. Right. He... Right, he's there when he's there. And he's, if he's not there, he's not there. You know? Kenneth, the ferry man. <laughs> um, yeah, how many people did you meet named Liam? Uh, <laughs> isn't that more of the, the British name, Liam? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm so. I'm not I sure. Don't know. I don't know any. I, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot, a whole lot of famous Irish people. Anyway, I know Bono, and I know the Cranberries. And that's about the extent. Bono <laughs> and the Cranberries. <laughs> Who do you know that's like famously <laughs> from Ireland? I love how, in one case, you name one man from the band. <laughs> you're like, I don't know any of the others. Who knows the you're others? You're like, look, the Edge. I'm not sure of his heritage, so I'm just gonna go with Bono. <laughs> And leave the rest out, because right. I don't want to be wrong. But but damn it, I know every one of them fucking cranberries is Irish, so I'm naming the whole band. Yeah, you're right. I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm told Liam, <laughs> uh, Liam, what's his face? The uh, the famous actor is uh, is Irish, so maybe there is. What about Liam, Liam the Neeson? Most, Liam Neeson. What about like the most famous MMA fighter? Oh, Rick Gregor is yes, very very much Irish. Okay. Turns about, out uh, Connor McGregor is. Uh, uh, Marino Hera, you're, 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 you've brought up a Marino Hera on the show before, I believe. So probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yes, I know Seamus. There's people in the don't know Sharon. I know Seamus. Yes, yeah, I know Finn Balor, Sheamus. right? Finn Balor. We Becky didn't Lynch. see Seamus. <laughs> saw the area he lived in. Yes, Alan pointed oh, out okay. that's where Seamus grew up. We're like, oh, cool. <laughs> Oh, part of the tour, yeah. <laughs> right, it was that all makes part sense. of the Ellen tour. It was fantastic. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Enya. All right. Enya is from Ireland, too. So there you go. Is she really? Wait, did you already talk about the lovely tour Alan gave us? We did. We did. We did. Oh. And Ken the Ferryman. Why did you talk about that already? We were going to do a special Patreon. A vacation? That's okay. It's all right. No, we can do that. No, we can't. You it's have, ruined. You have new stories that you can tell. No. Ken Get out the Ferryman was my Fairy man. Ken the fairy man. Ken the fairy man was like the crux of my story. Well, that's fine. No, they know it. I love how oh, you blew up Ken her spot. The fairy man show up. Guess what? He fucking does it. They already know yeah. the ending. Why do they care? It's true. They do know the ending already. You blew oh. up her spot. Go with that hot dog. I don't... It's a euro. That's a euro. Anyway. They don't have those in Ireland. They have a lot of lamb. They have Italian food, apparently. They don't eat those. They're for wool only. That's not true. Hit the brakes. <laughs> she likes to tell herself that. You're doing what? Waiting for it to warm up. It's good. I can hear it. I can hear. I can hear it from Texas. Enjoy your euro. Bye, Joe. Bye, say hi to Joe and not the thousands of other people listening. Lovely as always. We're we're the number one podcast in Turkey. Wrestling podcast. I guess I could cat. I put the little caveat on there. Yeah, wrestling podcast. Be careful. Well, I mean, there, there's other kinds. Um, yeah. So oh. like four people listen to it in Turkey. 
Why she got to shit on us? Yeah, it's I still don't know. Why. Okay. I, I, All right. <laughs> All right. Now you got to go. So. Um, what about the Isle of Man? Are you guys number one still? Always. Now and always. Yeah. Because I, I, I do feel disappointed I missed out on Isle of Man. Yeah, Isle of Man guy. We'll, we'll see him one of these days. Um, but I will go. I'm going to make a new trip. <laughs> go to Isle of Man and Scotland together. Okay, great. So put... we'll do that next next WrestleMania weekend. I'll give you the dates. We can. Uh... Yeah, that, that'll happen during Wrestle right. Kingdom. <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom, January fourth. We'll go Great. either January fourth or sometime in April. Whenever WrestleMania weekend is, it'd be perfect. Right. So, uh, April, perfect. <laughs> late early April or something. First week of April. Let's perfect. Go. Lock it in. Anyway, thunderous everybody. All right, so that, that that's that's how it went. All right, you want to talk about the wrestlers here? At some point, we probably we probably since have we're to in do Europe, it. let's go to uh, the Netherlands, right? Wait, oh my God! What? <laughs> what? So today in my work, Microsoft Teams, uh-huh. somebody put a GIF of the Miz, yeah, and then I burst out laughing, and I was like, "Who put the Miz in the group chat?" Okay, and everybody's like, "What are you talking about?" And it's they didn't know the context of the GIF because uh-huh. they just typed in like a. What was Crazy. what was Mike the Miz it, doing? It said kiss the ring, and it was like another wrestler kissing the Miz's ring. I don't even know what that's from. Well, anyway, I was like, the fascinating. Miz? And then everybody was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, the gift. No swearing. We don't swear. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Yeah. All right. Beat it. All right. Joe said beat it. So I didn't yeah. say it. He did. How dare you? I'm never <laughs> doing Patreon content again. <laughs> Good night. All right. <laughs> My God. All right. So once, now, <laughs> once, once, once you wind her up, forget it. It's great. It. <laughs> uh, so he's Dutch, right? Malachi Black, Dutch. Didn't we do this last time when we riffed on him and we couldn't figure <laughs> it's it out? from the Netherlands, right? I tried to do an easy segue. I was speaking of Europe. So anyway, uh, let's talk about Malachi Black and his future in AEW. We're going to talk about a lot of guys in their future in AEW and what's potentially happening. Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Andrade. So we'll start with Malachi Black. So last week, uh, he issued a statement where he did confirm that he had requested his release from AEW. And then earlier this week, he went on Instagram Live to say... Not so fast in his best Lee Carso impression, I'm sure. Uh, Quote, anyway, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Like I said, I'm only taking some time off. That's it. Just taking some time off. There's no conspiracy to this. Just taking some time off, all right? I will see you guys soon. Take care of yourself. Stop believing any other narrative. Like right now, I've debunked it. There's nothing going on. Don't believe these people. Don't write opinions. Believe it. Nothing. I'm fine. I'm just going to be fine. Everything is fine. You'll <laughs> The truest sign of you're fine is saying how fine you are <laughs> as many times as possible. But anyway, you'll see me right back in AEW pretty soon. I'm just going to take some time. That's it. And guys, last thing before I leave, don't make me some instrument for this whole tribalism, us versus them thing, because I don't do that stuff. I don't do the whole team, versus, team AEW versus Team WWE thing. I don't play to that. To me, this is a business. This is genuinely a business in the sense of the way it's a business. This is my job. This is what I do for a living. And this is how I've made my living the past 12 or 13 years of my life. I've been in this business since the 2000s. Okay. So thank you for those who have been supportive of me. Thank you for your nice messages. All right. Well, I agree with all that last part. Um, and, and we say this all the time that, you know, I think a lot of people don't, don't think that 
the vast majority of the people in these locker rooms don't just view it as a business and they don't give a shit about this them versus us thing. They don't care. Um, no, and, 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 and if anything, and, go back to the episode that we did when, when, when AEW first got announced and we said yeah. the people that should all be jumping for joy are literally every single pro wrestler that's around, yeah. that, that in every single company because now they have the ability and the leverage to bounce between these two, use these different companies as leverage. This is great. This is the best thing that's happened to all pro wrestling <laughs> in, in, in decades because every single one of these people – now the business is a true business. There's real competition where you can say, hey, this company wants to pay me X – and give me this, are you guys going to do this, or else I'm going to leave, and then the other company, it's perfect. You can play this leverage, you can bounce between the two. Every wrestler should like this and be happy with this. Yeah, but as far as everything else, you know, don't believe what you hear. Well, guy, you said you're it. the one who told us. <laughs> right. You caused this. You said you asked for your release. Now you're saying you didn't ask for your release. So... Like you're the, you're at fault here. You're the one that got everybody talking. I cannot take this guy. I can't take him. And we talked about it in what is a now legendary segment that people really loved at the time. Uh, I would have never got involved with this dude. He just had nine million red flags in that little his Twitch streams he was doing after he got cut from WWE. And I'm like, I wouldn't want anything to do with this dude. No, when he's talking about the uh, green lights represent this and the blue, I was like, no, we're good. Yeah, no <laughs> I'm thanks. I'm good, pal. Thanks, everybody. Um, and, and, you know, now he's just constantly contradicting himself. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Don't These believe guys everything will, you read. You told <laughs> everything that everyone's saying is what you said. It's what you said. <laughs> and then you got Big Match Buddy talking after an indie show. Oh, I got him, too. Do you you want me to read the Big Match Buddy quotes? Because we can loop these two in together, by the way. One real thing uh, that we do need to talk about with the uh, the Malachi stuff is one of the most recent White Rabbit teases. We're going to break down every single one of them, Joe. I have all 49 White Rabbit teases, and we're going to break them down one by one. Uh, later in the show, probably great, great. you do that. <laughs> it's going to be towards the end of the show. I'm uh, going to go. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll go do literally anything else, <laughs> but you can go do that. Yeah. Okay? So 923, the reason for the 923. Anyway, so that one of the most recent white rabbit teases on raw, uh, or as Dave Meltzer calls it, the Bray Wyatt, gimmick, which is a, a, Bray Wyatt a legendary tweet, by the way, from Dave Meltzer, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the raw rating didn't hold up. The Bray Wyatt gimmick isn't working. <laughs> like, yeah. Doesn't even say the white rabbit teases. It just goes the Bray no. Wyatt gimmick. I love it uh, so much. Well, how does listen? How does he know it's the Bray Wyatt? Yeah, he doesn't. Gimmick? Yeah, he doesn't. He I does. I have been under the assumption that Chloe Seventy is gonna blow Vincent Gallo on Raw all this whole time. I don't know That's what, what that I've means. Been... I don't know what that is at all, and I don't want to. Know, so. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of a deep cut. Okay, but that that's what I thought's been going on here. Maybe the No Dope chat room will put me over for that since Rich is lost. But go ahead with the... <laughs> I, I want to be lost. But uh, anyway, so there was a QR code, and in the code, the words, no man is ever truly good, no man is ever truly evil, which uh, thankfully the faithful Reddit sleuths have pointed out are the lyrics of Malachi's WWE theme. Good. Go. <laughs> okay. Go, go to White listen. Rabbit shit, man. I don't want to deal with any of this. I would rather sink on a ferry... <laughs> <laughs> then decode white rabbit shit and 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 decode QR codes and these people um, that will literally piss their pants if you tell them just look up Bandito like who is this man just right. Google Bandito I'm not gonna do that that's you shouldn't ask me to do that you should tell me who this man is I decoded this QR code and the lyrics of Malachi Black's WWE theme are right, you can see them in the URL oh my god no no, no Rich it's even better do you know that the, the 
Do you know even the deeper lore on the lyrics thing from the theme song? <laughs> no. Those are the words to to Tom and WWE. I just said that. Song. Listen, I'm oh, not it's done. More? There's more lore than that? Well, you let me finish I with will. the lore. <laughs> Those are the words to Tom N's WWE theme song. If you play it backwards. <laughs> oh my God, you're making that up. No, I'm not. Oh my God. <laughs> Number one. First of all, he had a theme song that you could play backwards. <laughs> like a Charles Manson record. Number two. People figured it out. They will literally explode at the thought of finding out who Nick Gage might be. You know what I mean? Like the just the very literally just piss their pants with the idea of, absolute, of googling Bandito. But. These absolute dorks at some point played his <laughs> theme to Tom song. music backwards. They played his back. They played it backwards to see if it said anything, and they were right. <laughs> it did. The best part is it did say. So. Oh my god! Go away. God, I God, I hope Bray Wyatt. I want nothing more than this fucking white rabbit to be Ray Wyatt, and for Malachi Black to join him, and yes. for the fucking doll to be Alexa Bliss. I want the whole stable. You know how people are like, oh, uh, the 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 black dots represent this guy, and that uh, great. I love it all. All those. I want the biggest. I want thirty-seven people to come out with Bray Wyatt and just be this giant unit of. I want nothing more than that to be the case. It would be incredible television if that's what happens. Please, please make that happen. I had to mute my mic. The uh, the best gimmick in wrestling Dark right side now. Side of the moon. Do you, is there a movie that I can sync up his uh, his lyrics, his, his theme song to, to to get some different? Well, like listen, some, you know, Rich, Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon type stuff, maybe. So. Get on the case. Maybe there is. <laughs> I'll have to watch every movie and, and figure it's, it's it out. Pro- yeah. It's probably some terrible Rob Zombie movie or something. <laughs> uh, it's a you sync up his song with House of a Thousand Corpses and it and, it, and all the imagery is just you know. Um, what was I gonna say? My stomach hurts. Um, no, the best gimmick in wrestling is Paul Triple H Levesque signing every terrible wrestler that I never want to watch I, wrestle again. Great. I love it. Karrion Cross, perfect. Bray Wyatt, great. Do it. Sign them all. Sign Tom End, please. Get them in there and put them on Monday Night Raw and even even better, put them all in the same stable so they're all in the same segment of Monday <laughs> right, Night that's Raw. That's what I'm saying. It'd be incredible television. Heard them all together. Fucking Alexa Bliss's doll. The whole fucking gang, the whole gang, Rich, just put them all in there. Um, combine them with Judgment Day. Put Subanik and fucking <laughs> Punishment Martinez in in the group, and just just you know, um, that that would be ideal. But um, unfortunately, Tom End, if he is to be believed, if he doesn't contradict himself again in the next ten minutes, um, isn't going anywhere. But to rein this thing in. And and turn this into a somewhat serious segment. Um, <laughs> Sorry, real quick, I found I found the tweet of uh, uh, there, there's a I, I'm not going to name the guy, but it's a new fan yeah. theory proposes a white rabbit faction for Bray Wyatt, and I love it. Uh, uh, so this guy says, "Think about it," and then there's nine arrows down. <laughs> it says, "Think about it." Carrion yeah. Cross is White Rabbit. Scarlet is Abby the Witch. Dexter Lumas is Mercy the Buzzard. <laughs> 
Mm. Braun Strowman is Huskus. What is Husk? I don't even know what Huskus is. Look Huskus here. is the fucking pig. Oh, the pig. That's right. The with, fucking... the, with the wristbands yes, and the yes. fucking headband. Yes, the pig. The, the John Cena pig. All... The John Cena yeah, pig. Yeah, the right. problem is all of these fucking puppets. They already deconstructed this lore. Like, we're this is re, so yeah, embar- we're re-loring this is so embarrassing yeah. that we're talking. This is so embarrassing that I'm going to say the following. But <laughs> Huskus, we already know that he symbolizes Husky Harris, the former identity of Bray Wyatt. Like, you can't just now Huskus is Braun Strowman. We already know that he, he is the part of Braun Psyche that represents, I, I feel so gross, <laughs> I that represents worse. Husky Harris. That's what he is. Oh, my God. So, now they're changing their own lore. You can't do. Yeah, it. You can't yeah, go changing yeah. the lore. You you've already decided on the lore. We, you know, Brandon Stroud already broke down the scene. The Fiend versus John Cena. You can't undo all that work. We can't do it, Rich. Wonder what that guy's up to. But um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I don't. Um, <clears throat> all right, buddy. <laughs> Big match, buddy. Uh, all right. So he stated at a recent Fight Life Pro Wrestling show, I don't know what that is, uh, that he was going to take time off, saying that he needed to go away for a little while and, quote, recalibrate and, quote, figure out some things. He said, it's not a goodbye, but a see you later. He basically copied the uh, what the other guy said at the, at the indie show because yes. Black said the same thing. So Dave Meltzer uh, reported that Matthews wanted out of his AEW contract, and then Buddy Matthews later tweeted out a GIF from Seinfeld with the caption, fake. Right. Another guy who constantly contradicts himself. <laughs> I have a theory. What do you got? And it's a solid theory. Whenever a wrestler denies something with an emoji and or a GIF, they're full of shit, and you should absolutely believe what they're denying. It's almost infallible. Jay White with the famous cap tweet at Dave Meltzer when he talked about how many years left he had on his contract. Right, right, right. Turned out to be true. Um, I've balled on pretty much every Dave Meltzer quote that he does. (laughs) Gifts and emojis mean that the wrestler is absolutely full of shit and there's something out there that they don't want out there. Okay. But the wrestlers know. DJ Carl, he's, he's pretty famous for that too. Yeah, th- see, the wrestlers know that the fans are just going to slap like on anything they put out there, and they have all the power in that scenario. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that that's why they do that when they want to vehemently deny something that they know is true. It's always a gif or an emoji. It's always something mysterious, you know. Um, but uh, so yeah, th- this is another guy constantly. Con- Here, listen again to try to reel this in and make this a somewhat serious segment for the number one show in Turkey. Um, it's pretty clear what happened here. Okay. These guys wanted out. Malachi Black literally said <laughs> that he has he first release. release yeah. okay? And Tony Khan told him to go fucking kick rocks. We're in a wrestling war. You're under contract for about five more years, in his case anyway. You're not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, I also feel bad for Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp. Because this is a story that's constantly moving and shifting and changing. There's different information every day. The principles involved change their story every day. And people are getting on Sap and Meltzer because what they report one day either gets contradicted or changes the next day. I, I don't know what these wrestling fans don't understand. News changes sometimes. 
you know, news doesn't stay the same. Like something could happen today and then something happens tomorrow that completely changes what happened today. And especially in a story like this where these two guys just are – they're changing their own story, let alone what the reporters are putting out there. So I think these guys want it out. I think Tony Khan told them to hit the bricks. And, uh, you know, maybe he did offer him some kind of conditional release. Maybe he didn't. But – and, you know, in the time that you were gone and a lot of the audio that I did, both paywalled and and flagship – that's the tact I would have taken, you know, and you signed the contract. And here's the difference between AEW and WWE in that regard. And I don't think it's inconsistent because there have been people in WWE who wanted out. And I said, just fucking let them out. You know, Pac, um, uh, uh, who was the recent one? Um, Mustafa Ali or Mustafa, whatever they call yeah, him yeah, these yeah. days. There's a n- been a number of examples. Here's the difference. And here's why I'm not being inconsistent. Okay, Tony Khan, to our knowledge, has has yet to have a situation where he failed to pay someone for the duration of the contract that he signed. He might have sent people home and not used them, but he paid them until the end. Marco Stunt, Joey Janela, uh, Swole, whoever you want to come up yeah, with. Like, a, like has he actually I'm, – I'm trying to think – he's never fired. No one's been fired from AEW, right? Like only, no discipline, only for disciplinary reasons. Right, right, right. And no one would argue with like Jimmy Havoc and those cases where th- that's a different animal. That really doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Okay. If you get fired for cause, I don't, you know, that's obviously something completely different. And we might have a few more people fired very soon in that company. But as far as just, he does not cut wrestlers, he honors their contracts until the end. The other company, you're, no matter how long your contract is, you are essentially really under a 90-day rolling contract. That's what it is because they can cut you at any time and then they pay you for 90 more days. So it doesn't matter if you have a two-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year, 50-year contract. You're on a 90-day contract. And as we know, they are constantly cutting people. So here's my here, – I look at it from this standpoint. That company doesn't honor contracts, so why should the wrestlers have to honor the contracts? If they're unhappy – they should be able to ask to be let out. And right. I'm going to take the wrestler's side in that case because they can be released at any time. Right, because their job can be they, – they, it, it, it works both ways. And that's yeah. – yeah, they, you as a wrestler should be able to request a release just as they can fire you anytime they want. Right. But in AEW's case, they haven't cut anyone ever. They pay everyone till the end. So I'm less sympathetic to the wrestlers whose names are on contracts in that company is all I'm saying. I'm not saying there isn't any scenario where I wouldn't let someone go. Okay? Every every situation's different, every scenario's different. But I am far more um what's the word I'm looking for? I am far more sympathetic to the management in that company because they do things the right way and they pay people till the end. So, that's the difference here. So, I I I said last week, I'm in the middle of a wrestling war, you come to me, you want to go. I even said it about CM Punk a couple weeks ago with you. Right. Fuck that. I would pay him to stay home before I would let him go and walk and moonwalk into WWE. Now, in his instance, there might be legalities and buyouts. That again, that may be a kind of a different animal than this because of the incident. But I, I don't. I listen. If Tony Khan told these guys to hit the bricks, especially when he knows that the other side is starting to tamper with his people, you know, with Swerve Scott. 
you know, they're, they're knocking on his door and he immediately contacts his agent because he doesn't want to get in trouble, which was the right thing to do. And he says, look, you deal with this. And I'm going to go tell, I'm going to go tell my boss that these guys called me. And, and he told WWE, you talk to my people. I don't want anything to do with this conversation. So we know that they called more people. So con number one is annoyed. And if you remember him at the, the infamous presser, the quote that got swept under the rug and ignored because of all the other bullshit that went on, that he's not going to take this fucking shit anymore. I mean, he's pissed and he has a right to be pissed. So he's not going to let these guys just let, let them out of their deals and, and, and give WWE their way. He's not, it's not going to work like that. If he's got to pay these guys to sit home, fine. If he's got to pay them for a while while they, what's the verbiage, recalibrate, okay, whatever the fuck. But you're coming back to work at some point. Your check will be in the mail waiting for you. When you're ready, we'll be ready. So I don't blame him. That's exactly how I'd handle it too. Kick rocks. You're on paper for five years, buddy. Right, and and, and the you know the, the the devil's advocate of that will be you know people saying, well you know you know talent should have the ability to do that and 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 leave when they want to leave and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, that, and again, that's fine. But then you also have to accept the the double edged sword of that that AEW can then just fire anybody anytime they want. That they can sign a guy to a five year deal and then decide, ah, this isn't working. Hey, go, you got to go, and we're not paying you anymore. Like if you're okay with that, then you got then, then that's fine. Then it's complete anarchy. It's like WWE where it's anarchy and people can be fired and hired at any time, and, and contracts don't mean anything really. Contracts are only as good as like you said for a ninety day rolling period or whatever, and that's fine. But you, it, it can't be. It, it's got to be both ways. Then you got to be okay with with TK walking into a room and going, hey, I signed you. You're not worth any money, so you got to hit the bricks. You, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. If you're okay with that, then then sure, yeah. Then maybe guys can say, hey, can I get my release and, and get released? But then you also yeah. have to be okay with that with, with TK walking in the room and firing guys because he doesn't think they're worth the money that he signed them for. Uh, that That's commie shit. We live in a society. We have contracts and adults live in a society. I'm sorry. That that's how that that's Karl Marx Wikipedia page bullshit. I don't I, listen. Again, WWE, I'm not sympathetic. Because they're cutting people all over the place. That's a different animal. That's when I say, okay, well, you're not honoring the contracts. You have no respect for your end of the contract. So I don't think that your independent contractors have any respect for their end of the contract. Right, well, especially, especially over the last couple of years when people were being fired, you know, two months into a contract or whatever. It, yeah. It made the, the, the very name, uh, the very idea of a quote-unquote contract just ludicrous. If these people were just getting fired left and right. Hey, look, I, I would – I would love for this to be back like the territories where nobody had any contracts. Oh yeah! Guys. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and, and don't make no question. And I and, and I think we've been pretty consistent about that. And we'll, we'll do this show. You know, we'll say this a lot because everybody. There's a lot of people that are new to the wrestling world and new to wrestling in, in, in over the last couple of years, and they freak out about any time a guy leaves. Any of the companies, if they're leaving WWE to go to AEW, if they're leaving AEW to go to, it's like this grandiose. Oh my God, this guy's leaving! You know what does this mean? Oh, he the booking and the this, and they haven't been putting him in prominent roles and yada yada. Guys, just leave. That's okay, and that's good. That's a healthy wrestling business. A healthy wrestling business would be these guys. Honestly, what we're living in right now is a very healthy wrestling business where Malachi Black can look on the other side and go, fuck, I can get a better opportunity over there. I just signed here, but I can get a better opportunity here. And yeah, that would be really cool if he could just say, now ah, you know what? How many more dates you got for me? 30? Cool. I'll do those 30 days, and then I'm going to WWE. And that AEW could say, yeah, all right. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we signed you for a year. Or we you know, did X amount of dates or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish up your finish up your story. Finish up this, and then you, you can go off and, and do whatever you want. Like, that's good. That's healthy. That's a good part of the wrestling business. And it doesn't always have to be this macro, oh, my God, why is this guy leaving? Or why is it? Sometimes there's just 
but there are opportunities elsewhere, and that's fine. That's good. You should do that. When you feel stale, when you're not happy with your booking, if you're not happy with your contract, if you're not happy with where you, just go. I mean, if there's not a better opportunity, go take it. And you know what? You could do WWE for a year and then decide, ah, you know what? It was kind of better there in AEW. And then maybe you call Tony again, and he's like, yeah, sure, come on. Like, that. that's a healthy wrestling business, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the territory days, um, contracts didn't come until uh, I first start if you go back and read old newsletters and listen to old shoot interviews, you don't start hearing about contracts until the later part of the eighties, the early or late eighties, early nineties, when, you know, Vince forced that. Right. Because right. So the ter- it, just to keep their talent, they so had the to start started guys. signing yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a contracts, you know? So, um, but before that it was, you know, you'd be in a territory and you just, you know, someone would, you'd, you'd put out feelers to other places. If you didn't feel like you were going to get to the top of the card where you were. And if you thought you could make money somewhere else, and then you'd put in your notice like you would at any fucking day job. And then the booker would finish you up. You would do your job, you know, do your jobs to whoever and finish up your programs and lose to everybody. And, and then you'd move on to the next territory. And then the cycle would repeat and you'd go as far as you could there. And then you'd put in your notice and move on to the next territory. And, and look, it would be wonderful if wrestling still worked like that, but it doesn't. Again, we live in a fucking society. This is big business now, and there's contracts involved, and we all have to be adults. I'm sorry. We all have to be adults. And your name's on a contract for five more years, and your boss is in the middle of a wrestling war, and the other side is tampering with his talent. Okay? Sorry. All right? I, I understand the guy's going through some personal issues, too. We won't get into that because, you know, none of our business – No, of course I, not. Yeah, you know, and you know, he had, you know, but the stuff he made public was that someone close to him passed away. He's been having so okay, go home, get get your get your head together, you know. But we're not letting you have this deal. Doesn't work like that. We can't have the other side calling up our talent and enticing them, and then letting them add all out of their deals. We right, right, them. especially with suspicious timing. If 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 Malachi wanted his release, you know, six months ago or whatever. There's probably a better chance that 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 Tony says, ah, you know what, sure, go. But it's a little, you know, the timing is is you know, despite all the other p- potential things going on in his life or whatever, uh, timing is suspicious for a lot of these guys deciding that all of a sudden they're no longer happy uh, with the place they just recently signed five year contracts to. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, Con, and as long as Khan is going to pay you to the end of that deal, you both signed it. You know, so I, you know, I, I would handle it the exact same way. Right, I'm actions not- have consequences, and that that's you know it and. Yes, in an ideal world, you could just do whatever, and yeah, yeah. But like you said, it's a big business here, and both parties have to kind of hold their end of, of the deal here. And and uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely suspicious timing for all this stuff. And like people are kind of beating around the bush, and then you get you know discussions about well, the you know Malachi is not happy with his booking, or Buddy isn't being used. I mean, sure, there's probably a lot of aspects of that, but like, come on, none of this stuff is happening if Vince McMahon's still in charge. We know that. We don't have to sugarcoat that. Or there, 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 there isn't a wrestler. There's probably you can probably count the wrestlers in the back in AEW on one hand who are happy with their push. Wrestlers are never happy with right, their push. Right, right. It, it, like everyone that's another who wants thing. the main event. Everyone wants to be the top champion. Everybody wants to have thirty minute main events of every pay per. Yeah, it, it's and that doesn't mean I'm saying that everybody in all in. WWE and AEW is being used optimally. That's definitely not the oh, of case. Of course not. Of course not. I, I tell you, I don't think. I think. I think Buddy Murphy wasn't used properly in that company. I didn't like him being put in the fucking goth geeks to begin with. I didn't think it was a great fit. 
And I didn't think he was featured enough and allowed to really show his talent in all of those trios matches. They had good matches and he acquitted himself well. But I think Big Match Buddy could have been a singles guy. And I don't think he's a main eventer. But I think he's a guy who could have gone out there and had great, great matches with a lot of the great wrestlers in AEW. Right. We definitely and missed out on like 15 minute Buddy Murphy, like, you know, second hour, you know, beginning of second hour matches, you know, that, that just so, didn't happen. Yeah. So I totally could understand why he might think he wasn't being used, why he wasn't happy with the way he was being used. Okay. Malachi, I mean, he had the injuries. Allegedly, that's why he was in a lot of tags and trios because it was easier for him to work. And, you know, when he came in, we didn't want him. We weren't interested in him coming to AEW. But when he did come in, we agreed that the rollout was very good. The Cody stuff, um, you know, he, he was coming across like a star. Me, For me personally, House of Black is one of my least favorite acts in the entire company. It's just a little, little too geeky for me. Um but I like the sum of the parts. Like I, I think Brody King has a ton of potential. I love Buddy Murphy. Well, once the bell, once the bell rang, I fucking loved that. Yeah, and they but had you, great match. But you couldn't yeah. separate the other stuff with with the in ring. People would always say, yeah. "Oh, when the bell, when when they get in the ring, they're great." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm great." But like, I gotta endure like a five minute entrance and a bunch of fucking smoke and elk horns and then secret, you know, magical mists. And I'm like, I, "Yeah, everything else is." But I, I can't separate the two. It, it's impossible yeah, people, to separate the two. People who listen to my Dynamite reviews know that whenever Tom Ends had one of his like pre-tape deals with the smoke and the darkness, like my brain just turned off. I wouldn't even take notes. Yeah. Like I just don't care. I don't care what he's saying. None of this is interesting to me. Let me know when the bell rings. You know what I mean? But I think Buddy Murphy was underutilized. I think Tom Ends to this point in AEW, and I guess they'll both be back, is the end result of all of this anyway. I think Tom End has been used precisely to his abilities and his level, in my honest opinion. I think as a single, he was used all right in the beginning. I think this he was the leader of this group. They were pushed well enough. I don't see him as a top guy. I just don't. He could be an upper mid-card guy. He could be a guy that you can put in a group like this and appeal to a certain segment of the fan base. But um, – I don't see him as a top guy, and if his contract were coming due and he were going to the other side, he's not someone I would worry about for a single second I, I, for going to the other side and, and working against me. I just think he's a guy, and I think he has wacky ideas. I think he's way out there, and I can only imagine what it's like to work to deal with him on a business level just based on his social media, uh, you know, the way he behaves on social media. I don't know, but um, I would have done – I would have used Buddy Murphy differently. I don't know. I so it's not like so. My point here is, I'm not making the argument that everyone should just pipe down and get in the ring and keep their mouths shut. There's people in both of these companies who I don't think are being pushed properly and not utilized to their strengths. Of course, I mean, but the wrestlers themselves, 99% of them, don't think they're being pushed properly. Even the ones that are really, honestly, being used to their full potential. So you really can't go crazy when wrestlers aren't happy with their push. They, there, there have been very few wrestlers historically who have been happy with their pushes. You can listen to old wrestlers who made millions of dollars in the business and were top guys, and they'll still be bitter today about how they were used and how they were pushed by this booker and that booker and that guy. That's just the nature of pro wrestling. 
That's an I'd issue of sp- that's sports too, man. That, yeah, that's yeah, athletes. You know, like, every guy on every NBA bench thinks that they should be getting more minutes and should be scoring more and being in a better featured role or whatever. Ve- the, the percentage of people that are completely happy, hell, the work, go to work, you know, in your workforce. You should not be happy. I Every day yeah. I go in thinking of how I can improve and make more money and, and, and you know, get more duties and get and yeah, have I, that guy and have that guy's spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So that, you know, so I think fans go a little crazy, too, when 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 wrestlers publicly will say that, because little do they know that most of them are saying it privately. Oh, talk, talk to a wrestler ever. <laughs> talk yeah. to any wrestler ever. Yeah. Outside of, you know, talk to them after a show, before a show, out of, you know, hell, talk to them at a show and they'll, they'll tell you, you know, they're like, yeah, they're all. I mean, I've had some conversations that would blow people's minds and, you know, where I got to tell guys, oh, pump the brakes. <laughs> you know, it's, right. listen, this, you know, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy, pal. You know, uh, you, you know, and it's like, you just got to, you know, that's just the mindset. And I'm not even saying they're wrong for that mindset. I, I, I got to tell you, I would want a locker room full of driven people. Oh, absolutely. I would want the locker room full of driven people as opposed to a locker room. And I, I don't want to throw around names or I, I don't even want to try to think of an example of people who are just complacent in their spots. Now, at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing your ceiling and finding a comfortable little lane in a promotion. Look, all wrestlers are at a different point in their career and all these guys um, – you know, have different levels of drive and, 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 and all of them are pragmatic to different extents. And it's just not unusual though, for these guys to think they're not being used properly. And, and, and that's not to say that I think everybody in, in AEW is being used properly. Cause I, I, we can go right down the roster and I can tell you there's a bunch of people that I would be using differently than Tony uses them or pushing harder. There's some I'd push less, but I mean, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Bottom line here for this though, do you think Khan has successfully nipped all this bullshit in the bud now by making a firm – and this is why it's important to make a firm stance when you're first faced with it. But do you feel like he's nipped this in the bud? Um, yeah, yes and no, I think. I, I, I think you're going to get a lot of passive-aggressive stuff. Now, I think most people – I think what you're going to get now is maybe the the, the blatant – and or not, not blatant. Blatant's probably not the white word, but the the – yeah, I'm asking for my release or I want my release or whatever. Like the public statement of I'm asking for my release or whatever. I think those are probably done for now because people know now that like that's not going to work. And it, 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 he's not just going to feel bad for you uh, and release you while you're in the wrestling He's not going to roll over. He's right. Not he's not. Yeah. Over. And I think that's important. But I don't think the passive aggressive tweets, those are not done. The passive aggressive, you know, free well, yeah, this yeah. hour yeah. like Andrade's do whatever Andrade's doing right now. I don't even know if he's involved in this. Hey, you know Andrade? Well. I, if, okay, so he tweets out the hourglass. He's got right? the hourglass. That was like three or four days ago. Yeah, and then everybody thinks because he's been rumored to be one of these guys who wants out. But then today he puts out a tweet celebrating that his boy Roosh allegedly or apparently got himself a full time deal as opposed to the per date deal. So. Maybe that hourglass tweet was just fucking people reading in the shit. Who the fuck knows? Right, right. But we're gonna get a you lot know? of those. Like, if, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not gonna say that's the end of that. I think it's the end of I'm requesting my release and yada yada yada. And you might get some people that say, you know, but you're gonna get a lot of the, you know, unhappy or you know, two more years or oh, you know, just emojis and gifts like you said. I mean, that that is gonna go on for a little while, and there will probably be a lot of back channel stuff of. You know they've requested the release, but they haven't denied it. Very, very similar to what people would do with WWE, for, for, but like you laid out, uh, very different situations. But no, that 
I think the public declarations are probably done, but I don't think guys are still going to want to leave. And, and guys, you know are still what? Gonna because go. it's because it's not a utopia anymore, and it's not the utopia people thought it was. It's a fucking wrestling promotion. Yep. Okay. They've existed for what three and a half years or whatever it is. And at first, we had the kumbaya hand holding era. Yeah, everybody was and, happy to be here. Every we would do Q and A's on Patreon, and every single person would say, "Who's the first person that's going to badmouth AEW?" There was a time where no, and it lasted like a year where no one yeah. said anything bad. And Lasted a long time, and I was Who's like, the first "I one who's gonna leave," and it right. turned out to be Cody of all people, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. You know, to to go to sh- that goes to show it could be anyone, anytime. So we had that era, then we had the era where it looked like it was still that, but people in the know knew that it was starting to get ugly and starting to get real, right? It, you know, it's like the real world open. You know, when do people stop being polite and start getting real? You know, and um. Eventually that happened, but it wasn't public and people were saying, ah, you know, it's not so great. Like people think it is there. And now we are in full blown pro wrestling promotion, like any other one that's existed in history. And the all out blow up and all that was just ripping the fucking bandaid off. And now here we are. So you're right. We're going to keep getting people who are disgruntled, just like you always have people who are disgruntled with WWE, just like you always have people who are disgruntled with MLW or Impact or anybody. Fucking NWA just had a talent meeting where people came out of it with all different perspectives, and some people were annoyed, and some people said it wasn't a big deal. It doesn't matter the size of the promotion. It doesn't matter. It's wrestling. And there's going to be egos, and there's going to be people unhappy, and the honeymoon in AEW has is long over, long over. And honestly, it lasted a hell of a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, I, I think COVID helped it a lot. I think the, you know, not not to sound, but like the Brody thing, I think helped a lot too. Uh, the Brody Lee thing was like a to real keep people together. Like yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. So that that was yeah. a big moment where everybody was like, you know that. Kept, you know, unified. It, it, yeah, unified everybody. And then I think COVID did too. I mean, like as as terrible yeah. as that is, as terrible as both things are, is a death of, of a beloved, you know, uh, a coworker, and then a pandemic brought. But it was, it was like, all right, let's like, let's, we're gonna make it through this. We're gonna rally through this. We're all gonna be this close knit group. We're gonna show up in Jacksonville every single week and do this television show and do these things or whatever. But yeah, that 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 bought them probably another year, year and a half. That that most other wrestling companies, you know, uh, you know, it wouldn't be that the case. So yeah, they, they lasted longer than everybody. But we're here now, and and you know, I I know that a lot of people are like uncomfortable about that. And again, like I said, people make this into a macro thing. Oh, Malachi Black wants his release. Oh, it's because Tony doesn't know how to book tag teams, or Tony doesn't know how to book trios, or he's not booking guys right, or he's not giving guys opportunities or whatever. And again, that might be true. Like I'm not saying that that's not true, but I'm not. I'm just saying like. People leaving and people not being happy with their push or whatever, you can't. We, we can't do this every single time a person leaves because it's going to happen a lot. A lot of people are going to want to leave, like you said. Ninety-five percent of most locker rooms, people are unhappy with their spot, want a better spot, want all that sort of stuff. Like we just can't do the macro thing every single time. It's just what is going to happen in a healthy wrestling business is people are going to be, you know, people are going to have opportunities elsewhere, and and that that changes the game. And 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 Suit Williams wrote about it at VoicesOfWrestling.com when when Triple H took over. Uh, I wrote about it a little bit on, on, on FlagshipPatreon.com as well, that like one of the big advantages that Tony Khan had for three years was I'm not Vince McMahon. And for many people, that was enough. You know what? Good. Cool. Vince McMahon, I, he doesn't get it. He, a, lot of, a lot of younger wrestlers were, were just did not give a shit what, uh, about Vince McMahon's visions of wrestling, did not think he, they were ever going to get a fair shot with him, didn't for whatever reason. But Tony Khan's best advantage to a talent meeting or a talent acquisition was I'm not Vince McMahon that's gone now 
And the flip side of that is a guy who does get along with a lot of talents and has good relationships with guys that he has brought up. And, and again, not a complete accident. A lot of the people that have suddenly decided they want the releases are guys that have had, you know, decent histories with Triple H. So, or Paul Levesque. So, that, that's... It, but it's a lot. So that that's but again, that's what that's what wrestling is. Like that is a healthy wrestling business is where people are gonna be wanting to do this stuff back and forth. So no, it's not gonna end anytime soon. It's gonna be happening more and more and more and more. And that's it's okay. It's fine. Like that again, that's going to happen. That is what wrestling businesses are, and wrestling companies are not these kumbayas, everybody holding hands things. They're businesses, wrestling business. So you, we're gonna have to just get away from doing these grandiose macro, oh, this is a reflection of AEW. Oh, my God, this is going to be, you know, now everybody knows that they don't know how to book. Guys, just go sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, guys are going to leave WWE, too. Like, there's going to be a bunch of people that are happy with this honeymoon of Triple H right now that are probably going to be leaving in, in six, seven months or whatever. It's just, it's going to happen. And it's, you have to be okay with it. And we have to just get past making it a big story every single time a guy leaves. Your quick thoughts, because we got a lot to get to. Yeah. Um, did you watch Dynamite yesterday? I did. Or I, did. I don't know when you got home and what you're doing. I don't. Um, so, um, <laughs> the floor is yours. What did you think of the uh, page here? Oh segment? my god! What in the fucking world was that? I'm not gonna listen. I'm gonna let you, because if people want to hear my seven minute rant, it's on the Thursday Dynamite review. Um, it might be available for everyone soon. We'll see. Um, but what did you think? Because I think people would be interested on your thoughts of yes. the, uh, so the, the, the rant. I will say the rant will be a, most by the time most of you listen to this, the rant will be available to listen on YouTube. We, we're clipping it out and it'll be up on YouTube. But uh, for those listening live right now, your ten dollars subscribers in the note of chat. You can room, listen to it anyway. Yeah, you can listen to it anyway. So just go there. Uh, it was absolutely atrocious. One of the worst segments. Uh, it's not as bad as the Dark Order thing. That that is still to me the worst segment in AEW history. Uh, the tw- what was it twelve. The date is like, I, I thought it was, it used to be etched in my mind, but now I forget what the exact date was. It was like right before New Year's. So it was like 12, 29, 19 or something. I forget what it was exactly. But that is, that to me is still the worst one, that Dark Order uh, segment. But this is a real good contender because Paige comes out and just, she's marble mouth from the beginning. She, my, I, the revolution here and the, no, the, the, there and then here and then I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, this is, this is not going great. She keeps stopping, even though like two people are chanting, she's stopping to say thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's like, all right, no, come on, let's, let's, let's get, get going here. Um, so she eventually cuts this just marble mouth promo that makes no sense at all. Randomly calls out the roster, and it's like Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue and Tony Storm, and you're like, "That's everybody, all right?" You know, that's, there's you know a few. She's like, "Ah, oh, the the people here that do," and then there's like five random women that come out, and you're like, "Okay, what the hell's going on here?" And then she kind of does the, you know, well, I did a revolution, and you guys, you know, I I'm hoping that I can help you guys do a revolution. It's like, what the, I mean, you're, if there's one thing you want to copy from WWE, it's the, it's the women's revolution. Oh my, yeah, I, why don't right. why don't we just why don't we put everybody in little factions now and bring back the submission sorority? The, oh, what was at. it? What was Team PCB or TCB? Yeah. Or what was it? What was the t- oh, PCB? Right? It was Paige, Charlotte, and Becky. Right? I, they did. They were originally the the submission sorority or whatever. And then someone <laughs> did a Google search and said, "Ah, yeah. maybe a different name." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who's gonna top? Yeah, <laughs> right. Maybe let's eh, maybe let's change this one up. So yeah, they do. She's marble mouthing, gargling out words about revolutions. 
She's like patting these people on the head. Oh, hey, you guys are good, but I'll help you get better. And it's like, okay. And then like Brit comes out and then she's Brit's cutting like a promo. Like Brit's cut. Like I fully believe that this was totally off the cuff too. Cause Brit's cutting this promo and, and like, seems like she's got like a rhythm going. And then Paige just goes, wait, 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 wait. Like yeah. making fun of my name. And everyone's and, like, and, and Brit's like, what? Yeah, what you, <laughs> you can hear Brit go, what? Yeah, as in, like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening yeah, what, here? Yeah, what? What are you saying? But then, all right, I'll lay out and let you have your moment. And and then she's like, your name rides with shit. Ugh. And then, like, Ugh. three people in the crowd go, uh. <laughs> it's so Ugh. silent. There's and nobody reacts. You can tell people are like looking around, and like Athena's got to do her like, oh face like oh my god and like everybody knows it's a disaster and then Brit's just like well nevertheless <laughs> she just continues yeah. I love that that's my Brit. favorite part of the whole promo is Brit laying out and then just going alright so <laughs> but what as I was Brit, saying <laughs> Brit working her hardest to save this mess right just and uh, un- un- unable to do so. Then we get a lumberjack well, match. Well, and then I was going to say, and then and, I blinked, and, nobody, and all of a sudden, no it's a lumberjack match. I, I, when did it become a lumberjack? <laughs> She's just who, like... Who asked for that? Who wanted nobody, that? Nobody. And then she said, well, since uh, I think we should... Oh, I, I talked to Tony about this, by the way. Uh, so it's like, okay. Because yeah. she had to, like, clarify. Oh, well, the reason I'm booking this on the fly is because... And, oh, my. I cannot... I just imagine backstage, like, <laughs> temples being rubbed. Like, oh, what is going on? And then she, then she did the thing where she took a shot at Vince because that's the easy heat, right? So, right, you know, right. You're it's good to have bosses who finally listen to me. Ooh. Right, which I don't mind. But, you know, you're going to get the easy pop if yeah, you do yeah, that. Yeah, so they all, yeah. they all have to do that. Um, look, the, the the problem with this is it was so condescending to everyone, and and mostly, most of all, Tony Storm. Yeah. Who, oh, Tony, you're really good, but I'm gonna help you be better. And it's like little head pats, little head yeah, pats. Yeah, I'm the fucking champion. She should have laid her out yeah. right there. Yeah, you know, it's uh, and 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 the whole idea of the segment, all it did was, you just had a baby face go out there and admit that the entire division stinks and needs to be fixed. Why would you ever admit that on television and tell why would you ever tell your audience that your entire division stinks? Why would you tell your audience that anything on your show right, stinks? Right. The, the thing that you've been watching for the last months, years or whatever, it stinks. Yeah, but now yeah. it's going to be better cuz Paige is here. And, and by the way, she's not going to tell us how she's going to make it better. She's, <laughs> she's just going to make it better. So pending, my whole thing is pending. If, <laughs> if you're going to do this awful thing where you tell your audience how bad your product is, Go all the way with it and tell us what's bad about it and how you're going to change it then. Don't just have Paige out there on commentary where she also stinks, by the way, constantly saying, oh, I'm going to change, change. I'm making changes. I'm ma- well, what changes are you <laughs> <Okay>. making? <laughs> making a lo- having a horrible segment and then booking a lumberjack match for some reason. Yeah, so. I got to tell you, this lumberjack match isn't a good start, Paige. Yeah, it was no pretty boring. It. <laughs> it was pretty boring. <laughs> so. And I feel bad for uh, Storm and, and Deeb who – the, the segment killed the fucking crowd. Oh, they now came they out. Go. The bell rang, and it was you could hear a, a guy no dropped cared. a thing of popcorn. You could hear it land on the ground. It was Rich, silent. They're doing they're doing pile drivers off the turnbuckle, <laughs> and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Okay, because that segment destroyed the fucking crowd. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it was Minami Toyota versus Akira Hokuto, but they're doing pile drivers <laughs> off the turnbuckle. And no one cares. Poor Tony Storm. Totally, you can't emasculate a woman, right? I guess, but just whatever that phrase would be, just totally sucking the heat out of your champion and making her look like 
you know, just another geek on the roster. And, and uh, just an irredeemably awful segment that had zero positives, accomplished nothing, and just took everything three steps back. Right. There are people that didn't, if you didn't grow up in, in or you weren't watching wrestling during the, the early, like the mid-aughts, like, you know, TNA days, like the, the mid-2000s TNA or whatever, this is what every single guy that would debut from WWE would do, this exact promo. He would come in and say, all right, now that Sean Waltman's in the house, like things are going to change around here. Or like Val Vetus would cut that for, you know what I mean? Like every yeah. guy would come in and say, all right, you know, I've been watching from the, uh, I've been watching from up north. And let me tell you, there's some great talent at this place, but I'm going to come here and change things or whatever. And it was always the same kind of condescending. All right. Now the big leaguers here. Shape yeah. up everybody. Cause I'm here now and I'm going to change the, you know, no, we don't. Just say, I, you know, I've seen incredible talent here and I want to be a part of it. And now I'm here. The end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've been seeing these great wrestlers here and I just want yes. to wrestle. I I haven't. They haven't let me wrestle. And I watch Tony Storm and I watch Willow Nightingale and I watch Serena Deeb and I watch da, 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 And I'm, I want to wrestle with the best women's wrestlers in the world. And the best women's wrestlers in the world are right here in AEW. And that's why I'm here in AEW because I want to wrestle the best. The end. Boom. Done. No, <laughs> instead... Hey guys, Paige here. This this division stinks. Hi Sky Blue. Ding ding ding. Because she pats her. On the yeah. Head. yeah. Here's our champion. Her name is Tony Storm. We know what her name yes, is. This is Tony Storm. Yeah. She's lumping her in with Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. With she's lumping her in with the Dark Jabrones. No disrespect to Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. They're not pushed. What the fuck are we doing here? God, that was awful. And it gave it gives fuel to the people who already think that you don't care about the division because now they can say, "Oh, well, you you admit that it stinks." Yeah, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, yeah, they're right. Yeah, how about you just present wrestling matches and push people and get them over the way that you did Britt Baker and the way that you did Jay Carkill and the way that you're doing Jamie Hader and the way that you're doing Tony Storm and let the chips fall and if people want to complain, let them complain. How about that? And how about Paige goes out there and cuts the promo Rich just said which would have been far more effective and positive than the bullshit that we saw last night. All it tells me is she isn't going to wrestle for a while. Right, I don't think she's going to wrestle. Yeah, which and then again, why are we bringing her in then? And why the fuck is she in charge in kayfabe all of a sudden? <laughs> why is she making changes? I don't know. She's off doing Instagram fucking duck face pictures. Why is she in charge of the women's division now? I don't understand. Like from a kayfabe point of view, it doesn't make any sense. I, it, it what a disaster. It was disastrous. Yeah. It, it's as people in the note of chat room said, it's a burn the tape moment. Angry, angry two, one, six, never mention it again. Never talk about it again. Just move forward. This is a burn the tape segment. And I agree. Yeah. They, they should have sent out the dark order goons to attack everybody. <laughs> right, and end it. Right. Just go to black and just come back. Yeah. Just, just, just tie it in a neat little knot. Send the dark order guys out there to throw punches that miss by a foot and a half and just, and just destroy everybody in the segment. But, um, yeah, I felt terrible for Tony Storm and Serena Deeb. Um, and this was very ill-advised. None of this was good. This is bad. Not good. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, – well, I don't know. I, I have nothing left to say. I was going to say something else, but let's uh, let's move on before I get in trouble. All right, there you go. But that your, your full rant will be available on YouTube for people listening. Uh, yeah. It's probably available now as the time of uh, you're listening to this. So go to the Voice yeah. Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you subscribe to that as well. But uh, we're trying to trying to clip out some some stuff from uh, 
uh, important uh, uh, Patreon shows and, and, and important flagship or whatnot. So we'll hopefully do a little bit more of that in the coming months. So uh, let us know what you think. And uh, make sure you subscribe to that, too, because hopefully we get some more stuff uh, up on there. But uh, that's that. So we talked about Andrade. We talked about Buddy. Talked about Malachi. Anybody else that's uh, that's unhappy and wants to leave? I forget. I think that covers it, right? Ah, for now, I'm sure there'll be more next week. Yeah. Eventually, this this fight is going to be settled, and maybe some of those people will get some resolution there. We'll have a whole new, you know, it, it's we'll have something to talk about every week until that, and you know, once that gets settled too. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and guys are going to move, and that's the thing. And you just got to be okay with it. And it it, it 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 doesn't have to be a referendum every single time on on, on companies. And that that applies to both ends too. Everybody that leaves WWE isn't there because it's a horrific company, and everybody that leaves. AEW isn't you know leaving because it's a horrific company. It's just the way it goes sometimes. All right, so that is uh, that is AEW. Anything else on uh, on AEW? Nah, I've been talking about it all day. There you go. So let's uh, let's let's jump to the world of Japan, and I think we're going to be, I think we're in Japan the rest of the time, right? Yeah, we're we're we're. This is not a bounce around Japan. This is a Ken the Fairman has taken us to Japan, and we are not going back. It's a one way ticket, baby, because we are going to end in Japan as well. Uh, I, man, we got New Japan, we got All Japan, we got Noah, we got DDT. What do, what do you want to talk about? Uh, we should probably start with the New Japan, right? The, let's let's do that. The yeah. Burning Spirits. Burning Rich, Spirits Spirit. at Kobe World Hall. Yes, this was main evented by Will Ospreay uh, versus David Finley. Also had some other uh, matches in there as well. Carl Anderson versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Never Openweight title. Uh, junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match as well. Uh, I thought a pretty fun, interesting show. It was still... Kind of, it was a clap crowd, but they're still they're kind of cheering a little bit more. I, I'm I'm very anxious and ready for full on cheers uh, to happen in Japan. It's it feels like the crowds are definitely ready to do it as well. Uh, I don't know what I what do we know the latest on that of what's going on or when we're gonna just get everybody cheering again? It's certain buildings, and then if you do opt for it, you have to sell less tickets. And but every every what do they call them prefectures every prefecture yeah. is different with the rules and it's hard to follow because i watch a show it's... and i'm like all right here we go and then i'm like ah it's a fucking clap show again come on and then like sometimes i click it i'm like no they're not clapping they're yelling yay it's good but what's going on now is like on the clap shows people are just also yelling and clapping so we're, we're getting there where people are just gonna eventually it feels like just say fuck it and just start yelling well, so i know for this show in kobe world hall the they sold every available ticket now we know Kobe World Hall holds a lot more than thirty-one fifty, right? So you can reasonably deduce that wherever you know Kobe, the local laws in Kobe dictate that they're probably they're selling about half capacity, right? Because that building holds like six, seven thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, so, yeah. Sometimes Dragon Gate would uh, <clears throat> pack in ten thousand or so. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I would say yes, it probably sells about little STO, little standing <laughs> yeah, room. Well, well, they were SRO. hanging for the rafters, hanging for the rafters. Yeah, uh, on certain Kobe worlds, uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, it, it's probably a double that. So yeah, so I mean, you know, so who knows? It's just different in all these buildings or whatnot. And uh, are you still when you drop in for these New Japan, you know, tour enders? Are you still just? Uh, you know, forcing your way through them. Are you? No, are no. You... I'm like, and I'm, I'm back on. I, I think the talent is one get back in or what? No, no. I'm, I'm there. I think. I mean, a lot of the guys are still like a lot. 
it really, I mean, the, the time when I was really down on it was when, like, you didn't have Jay White there and Will was maybe sometimes there or whatever. You couldn't well, get anybody. disappeared for a while, too. Yeah, yeah. and you couldn't yeah. get anybody from overseas. And it was just like, I mean, there was that, like. That 14 man crew. Where... Right. And like, God bless those guys. But yeah, I was getting really sick of. I mean, there was like Jado in like semi main events. And so I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not watching Jado in. You know, Toro Yano is like the fifth most important guy on the show. Like, I'm just not. Oh, the, doing the, that yet. the famous tweet, Yujiro getting the COVID push. You know, <laughs> right, <It's>, right. <laughs> that was a real thing. So, um, no, it was hard times, you know, as Dusty Rhodes would say. But we got, you know, essentially everybody flying in now. And there's a lot of new directions in New Japan. You know, there's some uh, interesting things going on. We had, we had David Finley in a main event here, you know, which was set up very nicely during the G1. I thought Finley. You know, with the G1 match against Osprey, and then you know laying out the challenge for the title, and then giving him back his title. Remember, because Juice wouldn't give up the title, and uh, you know Finley beats Will, and then you know gives him the title, but says I got the first shot. And now I guess Juice is gone, or is he working everybody again? What's going on with Juice, dude? I, your your guess is as good as mine. The guy, I thought he was in, but then they're like, he's a free agent on, on AEW, and I'm like, okay, I don't know that anymore. So it would certainly explain the odd booking he received in the G1 when we thought he was going to get a push, right? We thought rock hard Juice Robinson was set for a big New Japan push, and then he goes like three and four or something. Right, 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 right. It all set up for him to like shock the world and get that big, you know, win the block or whatever, and then, yeah, he was just yeah. right in the middle. He was like non-factor, so that would all make sense, but this is a guy who has worked us before, so you kind of have to, you know, and I don't know anything, so uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I get the feeling that I mean, they they were pushing it on AEW TV. I know that doesn't mean much, but it's not really AEW's job to provide New Japan their kayfabe uh, or whatnot. So they could be – I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. All I know is we thought Will Ospreay would be feuding with Juice Robinson for the U.S. title, and instead he had a match with David Finley, and it appears Juice Robinson isn't even booked going forward with the company. So I don't know. Uh, he didn't get an AEW graphic last night. They don't typically like to do that off of losses, although Bandito – he didn't get the graphic, I don't think, but he did get after the camera stopped rolling. I think Tony Khan came out and with a contract for Bandito, but I don't know if they've publicly announced anything. I don't know if he's gotten the Bandito as all elite graphic. I, I don't think he's gotten the graphic, and I think people said that there wasn't any like obvious like you know somebody signed a contract, but there was clear like it's probably it feels like happen. that's inevitable that that's going to come at some point pretty soon. Right? I, they, they they like to have these people win a match and then throw the graphic up is typically the pattern and they both lost bandito and juice. So I don't know who knows. Obviously you can make the connection with, with juices. Are they married or no? I don't even know if he's married to Tony storm, but uh, I, we never know that I forget, but uh, very much dating. So I guess we very can... much a public couple. Yes, We're not, yes. you know, it, it, you know, this isn't breaking news to anyone. So there's an obvious connection there, whether they're married or not. I don't know. I'm sure someone, well, I'm sure the swink will be in the chat room. Any seconds clarify. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's obvious connections there where, where, you know, you might, he might want to be there and, and, and work in the same place. It's convenient. You take the same flight, you're, you're home on the same days. Right. So, um, uh, anyway, it was Will Ospreay and David Finley here in the main event. I guess we'll start there. Um, I don't know. What do you want me to say? It's Will Ospreay and he had another great match. I mean, this I thought was better th than the G1 match, which was also a very good match. I think I went four flat on the G1 match. I don't have my notes in front of me. I'd probably go about four and a quarter, uh, maybe four and a half if I was in a really good mood for this one. I thought this match was more physical 
than the G1 match. It was more rugged. Yeah. Because because these are two really good workers who understand how to work a match that's a feud as opposed to a match that's a tournament match. You know what I mean? So they work the two matches differently because now there's some these men don't like each other now. So, so they work the more rugged style against one another. And, um, you know, it, 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 it almost went a half hour, but it didn't feel like it dragged at any point. And uh, Will Ospreay just keeps chunking along as maybe the best wrestler in the world. What did you think? Yeah, I don't even that? think it's maybe anymore for me. I, it, it, he's very clearly the best wrestler in the world for me, and he has been uh, most of the year. I loved it. I thought it was really good. I think David Finley stepped up great uh, in this match, and it's like it's not hard, to, you know, when your dance partner's Will Ospreay, but like it takes two to tango. I mean, it really does, and you need to you need to go out there and you need to bust your ass. And Finley came out, and and yeah, there were some near falls that had me biting on it. There was a point halfway through the match where I'm like, they're going to do it. They're going to have Finley beat Osprey. That's cool. That's a really cool story. I, I like that. It's the next. And, and it was one of those ones that when it was done, it was like, you know what? Finley didn't win that, but we talk about this a lot. Sometimes you can get over in a loss. And, and, and sometimes you can get over more in a loss than a win. And I don't know if that's exactly this yet, but it was really close to being that. You know what I mean? Where, where Finley fighting his ass off and just trying. I think it's – I would say it's not – it would be better if he won this match than, you know, because sometimes that guys do get over more in a loss. The problem is Finley's lost so much and and has never really seen that next level yet. So it's like, it's hard for me to say that this helped him out because it just felt like in the end, ultimately, like, ah, man, it's another Finley loss. But he works his ass off so much here and was so close to beating Will and so close that if they do eventually want to have uh, another match and, and that's the time when they want to have uh, David do it, I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really cool moment. It's going to be a really awesome match as well. So, no, I, I thought it was great. Uh, like you said, very hard hitting. Very much like it, 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 we talk about all the time too. When, when people bring up like outdated Will Osprey, you know, criticisms, and they bring up flippy dudes, you just know immediately that person doesn't know what they're talking about. They're not watching the matches or whatever. This guy doesn't. I mean, he's going out there and he's just fucking brawling with guys at this point. He's just going. This yeah, is a hard hitting match. There was none of flippy dudes. No, I mean there was some Will Osprey stuff in there. I mean, he did his sig- he did his signature stuff at the end. Right, but- right. But most of the time, he's just beating the shit out of a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean, and, and and some of his signatures are beating the shit out of guys. The fucking hidden blade is just him beating the hell out of a guy or whatever. So. Um, yeah, he does every match style. I mean, there's no match style he can't. Right, do. exactly. So it's just like an immediate, like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. They're just being a bad faith troll or something like that. But, uh, uh, no, this was really hard-hitting, really, really good main event. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I went four and a quarter uh, on it. Thought about, about four right. and a half, but but four and a quarter uh, felt just about right for me. Uh, yeah. Right now, 9.14 on cage match. That'll probably trickle a little, little bit lower. Uh, it only oh, has 104 oh, votes now. But if it doesn't, if it does stay above nine, that is the eighth Nine-plus cage match rating singles match for Will Ospreay this year. He has, Joe, 17 matches at 8.5 and above. Oof. 17. Yeah. He's just a machine. You know, he's – and all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Rev Pro. New Japan, A-W. yeah, right here, right now. Those 17 matches is New Japan, Rev Pro, GCW, Warrior Wrestling, AEW, and then just out of that 8.5 range, at 8.3 – is a West Coast pro wrestling show with Titus Alexander too? Yeah, I, did you did you ever get around that? Oh yeah, yeah. Or no? fucking tremendous. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that, that's one to, to circle because Titus is going to be a fucking star. Titus Alexander, yes, remember the name. Yep, and you, remember that match. You should know it by now, but I mean, I think a, a good chunk of our listeners would already be familiar with him. But he's a guy who, if you're not familiar with him, remember the name because um, he's going to be a real player. And um, yeah, so uh, Osprey beats Finley. Um, it just, why would they, 
the only thing that gives me some pause with Juice is why would they seemingly build an Osprey Juice feud if they knew Juice's contract was coming due? Right. That's a little weird to me. But I guess they did have their match at G1. I mean, I I don't know. But um, I'll tell you what. Juice wasn't over in Philly on that TV against Mox. Um, I will say that. Now, I think if Juice were to end up in AEW and you gave him a lot of mic time, he would get over. But it was it was it was obvious to me that that wasn't necessarily a super hardcore wrestling crowd in Philly, which is weird to say because I don't think they knew who Juice Robinson. No, was. they didn't. I think well, I, I think what it is a lot of people they they probably even if they are quote unquote hardcore fans or whatever, a lot of those people probably stopped watching New Japan for wrestling when Juice Robinson was still like funny yeah. guy dancing around with a bunch of bright primary colors or whatever. And then he comes out here and he's, he looks like the fucking disciple and he comes out to the bowl club music. A lot of them probably have not watched new Japan in the last four years or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of it. They see juice Robinson as kind of a geek and a dork and not what, you know, if if you're not keeping up with modern new Japan and keeping up honestly with the last couple of months in new Japan, you would have no idea that juice Robinson, you know, had, had transformed his character and was this new thing and all that sort of stuff. So I, I, I get it from that standpoint, but yeah, he just wasn't, yeah, he was not over at any level whatsoever because it's weird some AEW crowds respond really well to outside talent when they show up as surprises they clearly know who they are they get nice pops other times it's it's not you know i guess it's just a city by city crowd by crowd basis you know and, and philly i was expecting i expected them to know who this guy was maybe they knew who he was and they just didn't care about him like you're saying you know because they they like you're a lot of AEW fans are used to be big time New Japan fans and don't follow New Japan anymore, right. like you're saying. Because and, the last AEW, time, and the last time they watched New Japan, he was, you know, a jabron. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, we talked about Carl Anderson returning to New Japan and he's like a C minus player everywhere and he's like a B plus player in New Japan. Well, we might have to rethink that take. Uh, he had a never open weight title match here with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And it is some accomplishment to have a two-star special with perhaps the greatest wrestler of all time who just refuses to slow down. He's like the, you know, Tanahashi and Chris Jericho, they just won't fucking fade away <laughs> and stop being great. But uh, I think the key to that is to put them in there with uh, old machine gunka, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Questionable Motivation. Um, I was very disappointed in this. Yeah. I thought Carl Anderson would be super energized so to too. be in a New Japan semi-main event. And this match was a nothing match. Uh, I'm right with you. Yeah, I I, I, I didn't hear because I watched the show a couple days after everybody else did. And I, I didn't see any discussion about this, so I was like, "Ooh, I, I I even forgot that this match was happening. I forgot that we were getting a a, a singles, you know, Carl Anderson versus Roshi Tanahashi match." So when they that got announced, I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, let's go." And, and when I'm looking at it on the on the match graphics, I'm like, "Hell, that's gonna be great! Like Anderson's gonna be you know free of gallows, free of the you know the anchor that is <laughs> you know gallows, and and be able to go and it's Carl Anderson, and we've seen him in big time singles matches. Yes, that was a decade ago, but still, we've seen him in big time singles matches. He's delivered." This is going to be great. And when it was over, I was just like, that, God, how did I get myself so excited about that match? That was just nothing. That was impact effort. That It was, yeah. It, it, it was an effort thing, too. It wasn't like, it's Tanahashi. Like, I know, and, and again, I know, who, I know who to blame, too. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah, blaming yeah. Roshi Tanahashi because that dude never misses. Like, that, that's a guy who's had, you know, how many great matches over the last decade plus and you know, still to, and still now right like, right right like i'm never gonna blame him for a bad match i'm gonna almost always blame 
uh, his opponent here. And yeah, this this it felt like uh, they went out there and and it felt like one of those things where Tanahashi probably had all these ideas and Anderson's like, ah, we'll just call it in the ring, pal. You know what I mean? Like some you know DDP walking yeah. up to a guy with a notebook full of you know ideas for the match, and they're just going, ah, fuck it, we'll call it in the ring, bud. Like, brother, we'll we'll figure it out because it was just like, all right, let's have a basic as fuck match, and then it's just going to be over. And I'm going to beat you. And I was just like, dude, how do you have a nothing happen to match with Hiroshi Tanahashi? Like, yeah. you're not going to have – how many more opportunities are you going to have to have a singles match with Hiroshi Tanahashi? Like, I would go out there with the idea of just going – you know, I don't know how many more of these matches – I mean, we keep saying that for Tanahashi, but I guess it's going to last forever. But there's going to come a time where you're not going to be able to have these kind of matches with Tanahashi anymore. So why would you not cherish that moment? I don't know, different motivations or something, but – do we give Carl a mulligan because we liked his return and he typically works his ass off in New Japan because he respects the company? Yeah, this was something – I don't know, man. I Bad night? It bothered me. No, it bothered me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a bad night, but it, it did bother me when it was done. I was just like, dude, fuck you. Like, how dare you? That's Hiroshi Tanahashi, it man. Just, <laughs> like, yeah, this is a nothing match. I don't know. Very disappointing because – you know, I thought we were going to get good Carl. Yeah. I thought we were going to get B plus Carl. I thought That's what so I too. thought we were going yeah. to get. We didn't. We didn't get that. We definitely did uh, not. I thought the okay. Do you want to do the bull? No, no. We'll do the Bullet Club angle after a different match. We'll, we'll save the Bullet Club angle. Uh, this I thought was the second best match of the night. Francisco Akira and TJP with Gideon Gray. Our guy. Uh, Our guy. <laughs> I love that he's getting this opportunity. He's, you know, he's great too. He's good at it. Of course he's killing he's, it. He's he's booked to wrestle in New Japan. I know. You know coming up and, and he'll be the pin eater, but it's like I am I'm anyway. So they defeat uh Mr. Wato and Rusuke Taguchi. So a lot of times New Japan with these junior titles will flip them back and forth a million times, but this was and I was afraid they were gonna do that, but this was the right call because United Empire is really picking up some steam as a unit. Because uh, Ocon, of course, anytime that we do get cheering crowds, we can see that um, fans have really taken to great Ocon. Um, we know that Will Ospreay is a top guy now, and United Empire feels like a, a, a unit that's a that's a that's a hot unit in the company. And I thought it would have been a mistake to to flip flop these titles, even though the titles themselves are kind of meaningless, back and forth with like this you know, this dopey team of, of junior lower mid card guys who were fine during part of the pandemic as a little junior team, but they didn't do it. So they just had Akira and TJP um, successfully defend the titles and it was a pretty good match. So um, I was pleased with the booking decision and I thought it was the second best match on the show. I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was really good action. Uh, Watto, I thought he's, he's getting, he's getting better at, just being what he is, which is, and we know, we now know exactly what it's going to be. We know what Master Y, and this is fine. If this is his his junior heavyweight tag team, one half of a junior heavyweight tag team, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like the, him in that role is going to be perfectly fine. Him is like the ace of the junior division. That's not going to happen. It's ne- it was probably never going to happen, and that's fine. This he is fine in this role, and I've accepted him in this role, and he's starting to get pretty good. Like he's starting to kind of you know carry himself a little bit better. I think the team with Taguchi is pretty good. So I, I like the team. Uh, and I love the Francesco Akira TJP team. Like that, that's just though for like a wrestling nerd. If you're a wrestling nerd, like this team just works for you, man. You got Akira doing a little bit of the high flying, but not too much. You got TJP kind of the 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 you know 
a junior, but he's very much grounded and he's great at submissions and he could fly if he needs to, that sort of stuff. It's just a great unit, man. They, they and, and they're starting to kind of figure it out too. So uh, I really like this match. I, I would say far and away, like you said, second best match. I, nothing stopping that Osprey uh, versus Finley, but I thought this was far and away the second best match on the entire show. So TJP is facing Fred Rosser for the uh, strong title on New Japan, the strong openweight title on New Japan Strong this week. He cut a really good promo on Rosser on this week's New Japan Strong. He said that, uh, you know, without the LA Dojo, there's no New Japan Strong. And without New Japan Strong, there's no openweight title. And because of that, because he built the LA Dojo as one of the original students, that title is his. And he's coming wow, for Fred I like, Yeah, I like it. That's good. Not a guy known for his promos. No. But that was one of the better promos. You know, he cut a couple decent promos in WWE. Uh, I thought the Cruiserweight Classic promo obviously was very good. Some of the pre-tapes and some of the early run as Cruiserweight Champion. But otherwise, he's never been a promo guy. But I thought that was an excellent, excellent promo that he cut on Fred Rosser. And, and Rich, it talked me into the building because I will be watching that match this week on New Japan Strong. So oh, You got to go there uh, live. It probably already happened, right? Uh, probably tapes fucking four months ago, but uh, <laughs> right, right. you know, uh, so yeah, they retained the title. So um, now we're kind of getting into the non-business end of the card. We had Jay White and Taiji Ishimori. Ishimori, who, by the way, just wrestled on New Japan Strong this past week. He defeated Alan Angels in the main event, non-title match. Um, so Jay White and Ishimori, they defeat Jado and Tamatanga because uh, who was it that got sick? Kushida. Right, Kushida. he's got a hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was something fake that Bobby Heenan made up in 1987. Oh, no, it's real. Yeah, yeah. What's weird is they never came up with another name for it. Like a lot of these things, yeah. like they're like you know, it has like some scientist that came up with it, or it has some. This one, they're like, I don't know, hand, foot, mouth disease, and they're like, all right, it works for us. Right, let's do it, and that's just like been the accepted name for for years. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, going around. Didn't Jacob deGrom have it or something uh, earlier this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, I, Somebody on the Mets, I think. Yeah, I think it, it, it kids bring it home from fucking daycares and stuff, I think. So Ugh. another reason not to have kids. But... Gross. Hand, foot, and mouth disease. Get a bunch of I rashes Bobby and Heenan, stuff, yeah. Bobby Heenan used to talk about hoof and mouth disease. I, and that <laughs> yes, one later, yeah, right, right, right. You know, he'd be like, ah, oh, that Elizabeth, she has hoof and mouth disease. <laughs> what you know? stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe she did. But uh, so Jado takes the place of Kushida. Bullet Club obviously wins this one. Let's talk about the angle. I think it happened after the – didn't it happen after the Tana – because didn't they jump Tanahashi? Oh, that's right. We did, we did skip it over. Yeah, they jumped Tanahashi, and then the bell rang, oh. and then a bunch of people came out. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. So one. we're talking about Jay White now, so let's just do the angle now. So – they, they jumped Tanahashi. I think it happened after. It feels it did, like it I did, watched this show a month ago, but I watched it like yesterday. Um, so Tamatanga comes out, and I'm thinking to myself, he's fucked because he's one guy, and there's like 19 Bullet Club members in and around the ring. Um, so he comes out, and he kind of clears the ring or whatever, and they're bumping all over the place for him. And Tamatanga, by the way, is over like a motherfucker. Oh, he's, the most, he's one of the most over guys they, in the entire company. Yeah, and, so and, and rules, and rightfully watching. so, and rightfully so. He rocks. Yeah, he's getting a title shot and he's over and he's like a whole new man. So he's he's and then uh he's confronting Jay White and then uh Hiko Leo comes out who in multiple promotions, and I told people this was gonna be the case, has been involved in this bullet club storyline, impact, New Japan Strong, even a little dabble, you know, sprinkle in a little AEW where Hiko Leo's been in the mix. And the story has been 
Hinkleo has stayed loyal to Jay White and Bullet Club as opposed to splitting off with his brothers, right? So that's been the story that's been going on all summer long with him. So Jay White's talking all this shit. He's like, that's right. He's Bullet Club. He's with me. And it, it, it was really well done. And he just grabs Jay White by the throat. And Jay White, you know, makes this great face. And he just, you know, choke slams or whatever the fuck. You know, he beats up Jay White. And the crowd gasps and they make their mouth noises as Hikuleo turns on the Bullet Club and then uh, joins his brother. And then they held up the Never and World Heavyweight titles up above their heads. Obviously, Tamatanga is getting the title shot coming up against Jay White. But it appears as though, to me, that told me that Hikuleo will be going after Carl Anderson in the Never title. So... We could be, they could be turning up the push on Hikuleo now. And we knew eventually it would happen because he's like seven feet tall and, um, you know, and they've been uh, carefully grooming this guy for many years, you know. So eventually they were going to push him on look alone. Uh, we'll see if he ever comes around as a worker. Uh, I think he's still a work in progress from that standpoint. Uh, but they did the turn, they did the angle, and I thought it came across well. No, it, it was good. It was a great moment. Um, it's also partially setting up for World Tag League, everyone's favorite time of the year, World Tag League. So now, you know, Tomatonga's got a, a guy now he can team with Hikaleo in that World Tag League, and, and they'll probably do pretty well. And and, and yeah, it just kind of it, it it feels right. It feels like a good turn. Hikaleo was kind of lost in Bullet Club, and and I think this is a big opportunity for to see what you got in him. I'm I'm with you that the work I from what I've seen and I've saw a lot of his American stuff. I saw some of it live too. I don't know if he's quite there, but they're going to try because look at him. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the, you know, there's there's the elements are all kind of there to say, hey, this guy could be something. But this will be a big moment. This These next couple months will be a, a pretty good tell of, okay, what does this guy actually have? But uh, I think it was a good move. I think it was a smart move. I think you need Tamatonga to have, you know, some backup. And, and now he can actually be involved in these tag team matches and not just have Jado like – you know, can't always be the guy that teams with them. You need uh, somebody else too. But now you've opened up trios matches with those three with Jado Hikuleo and 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 and, and Tamatonga. You've opened up a World Tag League for them. Uh, or even the well. other brother when he comes back. Right, right, right. So it, it's like, yeah, it, it, to me, it's it was a good move, a smart move, and uh, I, I think it's. I mean, I, I hope it works, and and I do have hope that Hikuleo can get somewhere. I, is he going to be made of any Wrestle Kingdoms? I don't think so, but uh, he, he's he's. There's a place for him on this roster, so I'm excited to see where it goes. And and if, if that body ever fills out and he can become a decent worker, I mean, how old is he? I forget. We looked this up once, but let me. I, I forget how old he was. Hiku. I don't remember Let's offhand. See if I got it. Uh, he is 31. It's, he's a yeah, it's little, about time to do it. It's yeah, about it's, time to do it. I yeah, mean, he's a little older than I thought he was. So, you can't yeah. wait much longer. You no, gotta, you know, if you're never. gonna try with the guy, you're good. You gotta try with the guy. Right. So. You know what was interesting is because of the clap crowds, I don't know if you picked up on this, you kind of got the curtain pulled back a little and with Tom Matanga doing some veteran shit during this angle. So they lay out the Bullet Club guys. They lay out Jay White. And then because the arena was so silent and the cameras were so close to the ring and, and even Kevin Kelly had to help cover for this a little, you heard Tama directing Hikuleo. Like before they embraced and gave the hug, Tama gave him a countdown, like to make sure the timing was right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. From that, yeah. he was like, he you could hear him go three, two, one. All right, go. And then they did the hug. And then he then when he went around looking for the belt, you could hear Tama going 
stay there, stay there, don't move, don't move. Like he he was doing the veteran thing, and it was like, and it's also his brother, so it came off very endearing. <laughs> right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, you know, he's trying to help the guy, and he's the inexperienced one, and he's and he wants to make sure because he's the veteran and he knows what to do and he understands the timing of these things. And then he gets the belt and he hands him the belt. And then he did another countdown and told him, "All right, hold on, three, two, one. All right, hold the belt up." And then they put the belts up. You know what I mean? Like it was a, it was a kind of thing where you never would have noticed or picked up on it in an arena full of fans that are, you know, screaming and yelling and making noise. But because of the nature of the COVID crowd, it was, it was, it wasn't like a botchamania thing to me. It was a charming thing to watch Tamatanga help his brother get through the angle and do everything properly and, and get through his and, biggest moment. Let's make this biggest yes. moment the best it can possibly be. So f- listen to me, I'm the veteran, I'll get you through this. So Right. It was it was it, yeah, it was kind of heartwarming watching. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, was, like, wait was, there, was, wait there, wait there. All right, now a hug. <laughs> now do it. Yes. You're right. You know, cuz you don't cuz an inexperienced wrestler might rush into that moment without the fan you want the fa- some fan anticipation there. It, you, you want some timing to it. You know, so uh, that that was kind of cool too. I rewound that and watched it a couple of times with the, with the sound turned all the way up when I realized what was going on. And um, and Kelly, I forget what Kelly said, but when they when they did the gimmick with the belts, it was it was he knew I he had to. He was like, it. "Well, he's not sure if he could fully trust them just yet, or something like something that. something like yeah, that." Yeah, because yeah, he he knew that we could hear it. Yeah, and Kelly being a pro, that's another example of a pro. He's like, "Well, shit, I got to say something." to cover for this. So I forget exactly what it was, but yeah, he, he helped cover for it too. Um, we'll run through the rest of this quickly. TMDK. In this case, it was bad dude, Tito, Jonah and Shane haste. Uh, they defeated Togi Makabe, Tomaki Hanma and Okada because we're building towards that Jonah Okada match yeah. mm-hmm. because Jonah beat Okada in the G one and, and they're having another bout. So that's what that was all about. Uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeat Sonata and Naito in, uh, I guess, I mean, um, you know, we've seen some variation of this match, you know, no less than a thousand times. I think it's it's 8 billion is is the current uh, number. We're going going right back to it. Uh, Okan and Cobb defeat Fale and Chase Owens. Uh, did you watch the Doc Gallows Toriano double count out? <laughs> you know, Joe, I missed that one. I, I I saw them hit the ring and I went, you know what? I'm good. I, I am pressed for time here. I didn't know it only went three minutes. I guess I could have just watched it, but uh, I decided that I would just skip it. Yeah, I didn't have any. Quick and painless. And this is actually where Doc kind of thrives in this silly environment. Um, But that's all I'm going to say about it. And then we had uh, the rest of LIJ, Bushi, Hiromu, and Shingo. Against Phantasmo, Hikuleo, and Kenta. You know, a lot of times in New Japan, what they'll do is if they're going to do something big later on, a big angle, a guy doing a walkout challenge, they'll win on the undercard. And then they'll do the big angle, and you'll say to yourself, ah, I should have saw this coming. Right, right, right. But they didn't do that here. No. So I, I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, unless that result is wrong. I mean, honestly, I don't remember. Is that result correct? I think so. I can check another source if you want me to. But let's I feel see. like Bushi would have lost that match, but maybe because I honestly don't remember off, off yeah, the top. Yeah, I uh, I watched that part of the show like four days ago, which may have well been someone in the chat will know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that's uh, that was the Burning Spirit show. So now what they have coming up. 
is they've announced some stuff for Royal Quest. Do you have the uh, where's the uh, so I got Shingo pinning uh, Phantasmo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, now I do remember because those two guys are gonna have a singles match. They're they are they're having some kind of match. Um, is it at Royal Quest or is it the other show? Uh, n- um, not at Royal Quest. I think it, it must be the other. Yeah. They've got a bunch of shows. They, okay, so they've got the two Royal Quest shows coming up, but then they have the show with Jay White versus Tamatanga on top. And um, let me see if I could find that. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Cage Match has that lineup yet or the partial line. Well, the New Japan site. Well, yeah, that's, that's Declaration of Power. Is is that show? And I th- have think- that. That is Jay White versus Tamatonga for sure. Um, I do believe that is also the Okada Jonah, and I don't know. That's October tenth. I don't yeah, know what else. That, is on okay, that I got, it, I got, it, I got, it, I got it. So yeah, it's Okada Jonah, Tamatonga, Jay White, um, Kushida Ishimori, which is not a singles match. The Ren Narita comeback match, which he has not have an opponent announced yet. So Ren Narita's coming back. And the King of Pro Wrestling match is Shingo and Phantasmo. So that's where, yeah. So Shingo and Phantasmo are in uh, Sumo Hall for the Declaration of Power show, which is coming together. It's got like six matches now. So um, there's that. And the date on that is October 10th. That's actually pretty soon. And then, but the but the two Royal Quest shows are first. Now, they're not airing live, I don't think, on New Japan World. I think they're... Um, going to be put up shortly after uh, they occur. But night one has Will Ospreay versus Shota Aminu on top. With That's a big spot for Shota Aminu. Yeah, that's huge. Um, FTR defending the tag titles because a lot of people might forget they're the IWGP tag team champions. They won them at Forbidden Door. So they defend against Aussie Open, who have been wrestling everywhere. I watched them on Impact this week. They're on New Japan Strong. They're the New Japan Strong Tag Team Champions. So I think Aussie Open will probably win that and be double champions, right? I mean, how much long? This is your chance to get them yeah, off. Yeah, you of got to get you got to get off FTR. Um, so again, United Empire is a big time unit now. I mean, you know, Aussie Open. We'll probably have two sets of tag titles within a couple of days here. That's clear. If you're New Japan, there's no point in having FTR be your champions anymore. Like you got, they're here. You have the chance to take it off them. Just take it off them. Yeah, I mean, that's a Tony favor. That's right. We're done with that. That's Tony saying, "I want to. I'm giving these guys a big push. You're not using these titles right now, anyway. Can we do this for a couple months? And you know, they they did it, and now, you know. I don't think it's impossible that FTR win and like a bigger team come out and challenge them. But who? Who's the bigger team? Right. I, I think it'd just be so much cleaner if Aussie Open just gets this. It helps them. It helps that unit. It helps. Yeah. I, yeah. For New Japan themselves, if they're just looking at the rest of their year, it's so much cleaner if Aussie Open it's time. champions. Yeah. Or FTR retains and then they just continue to ice the belts and World Tag League determines who FTR faces at Wrestle Kingdom or something. Could you hold it out that long? I guess you could. And I suppose they don't need those titles they don't need top tag teams but i don't know it's 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 a little bit easier to have i mean aussie open honestly I, i'd be excited to have aussie because i do think that they would have some a lot of kick-ass matches and there's a lot of decent teams that they could have matches with so uh, i'd kind of just prefer that but you know i i guess having world tag league determine who faces them at wrestle kingdom isn't the worst thing ever either so i thought aussie open was kind of a lock i kind of just talked myself out of it i don't know um there you go it's fun great. wrestling who knows yeah who knows it should be a great match though yeah i mean those two teams should have a great match. Aussie Open wrestled Motor City Machine Guns on Impact this week. 
and that was a pretty good match. People, if uh, if it's on your DVR, I think it's worth checking out. Uh, Tanahashi, Tamatanga, Hikuleo, and Jado versus Jay White, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and Gato. So Hikuleo on the uh, the Hantai side, as they say in Japan, Rich, the uh, New Japan Army side for the mm-hmm. first time. Okada and, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Jonah and Bad Dude Tito. You got to have Tomohiro Ishii on a British show. You just have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Naito, Sonata, and Hiromu. And he's going to get a singles match, as he should, on, on night two, thankfully. But. Yes, he is. Uh, Naito, Sonata, and Hiromu versus Zach, Despi, and Dokai. Uh, Jazzy Gabbert and Kanji versus Ava White and Alex Windsor. Uh, you know, a little Rev Pro uh, action here on this show mixed in. Same thing with the next match. Okan and Gideon Gray against Michael Oku and Ricky Knight Jr. That is a great stage for Michael Oku and Ricky Knight Jr. And uh, also for Dan Maloney and Gabe Kidd, who worked the opener. Gabe Kidd is back. Uh, I hope Gabe Kidd is uh, doing well. And I hope because he is immensely talented and uh, as a secondary, obviously, he's a great pro wrestler, and you'd like to see him thrive there. And hopefully, he's got his uh, life together and is and is ready to come back to pro wrestling. So we have to presume that he is, if he's uh, if he's going to be working these shows. So that could be a hell of an opener too. And it's good for guys like Dan Maloney and Ricky Knight Jr. and Michael Oku for New Japan to get their eyes on them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, especially Dan and Maloney. Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to fall in love with that guy when he sees that. Body. I would think, right. I would think Gato would take one look at that guy and the way he works and the way he looks yeah. and have ideas. And they better hurry up because I think he's still working progress shows. So, you know, the game has changed in, well, no pun intended, but the game has changed in WWE. And, you know, we've got Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez hinting around at some big story. And we know that Triple H is going back to the black and gold. We know that Triple H made that decree that if you're not TV ready, you're going to get cut. Is speaking about you know the the and developmental wrestlers, so we've got another change in philosophy in developmental where Triple H is probably going to go back to the way he was running developmental, yeah. which is his fucking company now. He should do what he wants to do, but that means that he's going to be looking for experienced wrestlers, and you're not going to have as many Lash legends and all these other geeks on TV who clearly aren't ready. Um, and a guy like Dan Maloney, who's you know out there, you know, if, if, if this is the kind of guy who. You know, if he gets the right sets of eyes on him, someone's going to give him a shot. So uh, the point here is if if New Japan likes what they see with this guy, it would probably behoove them to make a move now. Uh, you know, because it's funny because there's someone else working these shows who they could have made a move on before WWE got him, and that was Jonah. They had a chance to get Jonah Rock years ago when he worked that Australian New Japan tour, and they passed on him, and he ended up in WWE. And, you know, eventually he ended up back in New Japan. But now there's speculation with Triple H back in charge now that they have the established relationship that he could be heading back. And this is a guy New Japan wants to push. They're giving him a match with Okada. Uh, TMDK is a unit in the in the company. Now. But now there's this danger that he could be headed back to WWE. Right. So it's, it's important. See, we go back to the Suit Williams article where Triple H being in power is bad for Tony Khan. It's bad for everyone. You know, you, you have to be – a guy like Dan Maloney, you wouldn't have to thought, think about when Vince was in charge and Triple H was out of the picture. But now that's the kind of prospect – any prospect now, you have to – WWE is a real player again. Right. Now WWE likes good wrestlers again. They're not just yeah. – <laughs> you know what I mean? So if it's a good wrestler, regardless of what they look like or what they talk like or what they wrestle like or whatever, though, if, it's, if he's a good wrestler, if she's a good wrestler – 
they're gonna they're gonna like him just as you're gonna like him. There was a long time where you could say, "Oh my god!" Like we we have our we could, we have the picks of whoever we want here. Picks of the litter. Yeah, we have the picks of the litter because they're not gonna you know this guy. Uh, he speaks with a British accent. They're not gonna want him. He's a great wrestler, but he speaks with a British accent. He looks the way he does that. That's over now, man. Everyone's looking at the same talent, and everybody understands the same talent now for the first time in a very very long time. So yeah. These shows are October first and second, but I think we're not going to get them for a couple days afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's I don't know if there's an official date yet of when we will get them on New Japan World, but they are not airing live, and I don't think that New Japan has said that they're going to be up like the night of or the day after, or whatever. So this is TBD on what when these when these drop. So no sign no sign of them on fight yet either. No, I, I looked as well. They're they're not on fight as far as I can this- tell. Maybe in maybe in the UK they're on fight, but at least in America uh-huh. they're not on fight either. Night two has Naito versus Saber. Uh, for the U.S. title number one contendership. So again, again, it's not looking good for the juice because now Osprey is going to move on to one of these guys, right? Um, so Tomohiro Ishii versus Jonah, uh, Okada versus Bad Dude Tito. So Okada and Jonah will get singles wins against the other guy's boy. Um, Tanahashi, Tamatanga, and Hikuleo versus Jay White, Carl Anderson, and Dark Doc Gallows. FTR, Shota Aminu, Gabe Kidd, and Ricky Knight Jr. against United Empire. The whole gang, including Gideon Gray, who's going to eat somebody's finisher. Um, first round match, IWGP women's title. Jazzy Gabbard versus Ava White. I don't know if I've... Have I talked about what the office's plans are for the IWGP women's title yet on this show? Um, I, don't I don't think you have, so go for it. So this is more for international shows um it's 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 not so first of all a lot of the new japan veteran wrestlers are not happy about it and they are not i think you did touch on that not that long ago but yeah the veteran new japan guys don't want women's matches on the new japan shows so go cancel them not me i'm just i'm the messenger but they you know that in japan that's not how it's been done you know so to them to the veterans this is an infringement on their promotion. But what I was told was the idea really behind this belt is more international in scope. They think that if they put, if they have an IWGP women's title and they put it on the American shows and the British shows, it's more for Westerners because Westerners are more open to women's wrestling being on men's shows, obviously, because we just have mixed shows. And it's more of a hook for us than it is for the Japanese fans. And it's more of we're going to expose the stardom talent to the Western fans because we think stardom can really break big in the West. That's the mindset. Right. And I don't think it's the worst idea. No, no, they're, not, they're probably right. not wrong. And there's probably data backing that up as well. And they could probably look at stardom world subscriptions and who's watching what and all that sort of stuff. And. And maybe you know start to together. And again, I, again, I think that's a very smart, like a, to- a really really smart plan from them. Is 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 understanding? Yeah, it's kind of weird and different or whatever to do this on New Japan proper shows. So let's yeah, let's use it more as you know fan service for Western fans who are are like you said used to the integration of of men and women on wrestling shows or whatever. And also are you know by and large, there's a lot of. Western wrestling fans that have gotten really heavy into Joshi over the last couple of years, uh, Stardom in particular. And so, yeah, go for it. You're going to see the matches on New Japan shows in Japan too, but it, the, the emphasis is going to be for Western. This is for Western fans. Right. And this belt, you know, it's, and I don't, I don't, I wasn't given, 
I don't want to throw names out of veterans who aren't happy about this because I wasn't given names. I was just told that some of the veterans aren't. You could probably figure out who they are, though. I'm not going to say the names because then Reddit is going to say that I said that insert name here doesn't want women's matches on New Japan shows. But you could probably figure out who these traditional veteran New Japan wrestlers are who aren't too thrilled with this. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's not necessarily for the Japanese fan base because from the Bushi Road perspective, the Japanese fans know about stardom. They know about the stardom wrestlers. They're trying to expose the stardom wrestlers to the Western audience and they think there's opportunity there. So anyway, there'll be a first round match on this show. Sonata and Hero Movers, Ethan Allen and Luke Jacob and um, Despian Doki versus uh, Michael Loku and Robbie X getting a big opportunity on a new Japan show as well. So those two shows will be this week. Has his body and- changed this month as well? I haven't seen him in like a month, so I don't know what his body's like this month. I mean, but- the last time, I saw him. She was on a granite the last time. He I was in him. tremendous shape. I mean, he looked great. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he knew this was coming. So, you know, big opportunity for Robbie X as well. He was a nice little worker who just has never really had a great look or much charisma. But um, so we'll see. Um, you know, I guess if the shows are available to watch somehow before next week, we'll talk about them. If not, we won't. So. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, I wish there was a little bit more clarity on when they're going to show up because uh, it looks like some interesting stuff, and I think the crowd's going to be pretty into them too. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening uh, with that. Um, all right, you take your pick, all Japan or Noah. You take. Let's go all Japan. Let's go all Japan. Okay. Budokan Hall, baby. We get uh, this. I like this show. This is a hell of a fun show uh, from all Japan. First off, it's just nice to see all Japan. Like this felt like a big league company for the first time in. Ages. I, I like I'm trying to remember maybe the last time, time they were in Budokan. Yeah, honestly, because you were like, "Oh, there's lights and there's video boards and there's people in the audience and it's okay." It, like, because I'm so used to just clicking an All Japan show and it's just this like, you know, 500 people in Corican Hall and it's fine. You know what I mean? It's okay, but like this felt like, oh yeah, this is like a company. This is a big league company. You know, yeah, yeah. are they actually a big league company? That that's up for debate. But this felt like an important big time show. Uh, in Budokan Hall, uh, the attendance four thousand seven hundred eighty. Now, I don't have you. Were you following the attendance thing going? I on got. I got. Yeah. I yeah. I got some insight from people over there. Okay. Um, do you remember? Okay, so they really did distribute forty seven hundred and eighty tickets. Right. It was a or, lot or lower there, a week or there, prior to the show. So okay, so they it, it might that number might be inflated a little, but it's not a significant inflation. But the thing is, a lot of the tickets were sold in bulk to sponsors at pennies on the dollar. And All Japan has done this before when they run shows in big buildings. If you remember when Junakiyama was still with the company, um, you may recall that we we did this. Uh, sa- we had this same conversation when they ran, I think, this building. It was either this building or Sumo Hall. I can't remember. Um, where to ensure that it's not an embarrassment and there's like a thousand people there. They sell these tickets, blocks of tickets to sponsors, and then the sponsors are responsible for distributing them. Now, did 4,780 people show up? Probably not. Were 4,780 tickets or thereabouts technically, quote-unquote, sold to someone? Yes. To me, some people will say, well, that's cheap. That's papering. Well, it's not papering because the tickets weren't free. 
somebody paid for the tickets. Maybe they didn't pay face value. And maybe a lot of people got free tickets from there because then what the sponsors do is they give them to employees. They give them to clients. They give them to whoever the fuck. Right, right. And that, that's right. a common, you know, in America, you'll you'll give them to a radio station or, or a conglomerate of radio stations. And then they'll do giveaways or whatever, local giveaways. or. Uh, but in that case, that's papering because those are just free tickets that you're giving to the radio station. Yeah. In this case. I see what you're saying. Case, they, they had to. The, those sponsors had to buy them. Yes, that's what I'm trying to get across. Okay, the okay. They they sold blocks of tickets to their sponsors at, at greatly reduced rates, and all Japan has done this before. This isn't this is a strategy they have used when they're in big buildings. So technically, they weren't papered, even though a lot of these people got them for free from from you know the sponsors. I got so, you. Know. Okay, okay. Now am I making yes, sense? Yes, yes, yes. Now a lot of people think that's cheap. To me, okay. You didn't really sell 4,500 tickets at the full value, but maybe you create some fans. You know, you get people in the building who wouldn't have went to the show otherwise. Maybe they like what they see and come back. And I think it's better to sell tickets for pennies on the dollar than not sell them at all. I defended this strategy last time, three or four years ago, because this was pre-pandemic. And I'm going to defend it again. Is this a quote-unquote real 4,780 house? I mean, it's real, but it isn't. But to be clear, it's not like a true papering. I don't know. I really don't have a problem with the strategy because a company like this needs to do whatever they have to do. That's the bottom line, I guess. Where do you stand on it? Uh, yeah, it, it, I, honestly, just getting people it, – it's the 50th anniversary show. Uh, getting people in the building, making it feel like a big-time show, and it, it did. Like, it wasn't like – you know, when they panned that audience, it didn't look like – I mean, there was – there were clearly sections that were, like, completely empty or whatever, but it's Budokan Hall, and they're, they were, you know – even putting 47, you know, it, it, so it was, but it wasn't like there wasn't any visible, like the hard cam didn't have empty seats by it. Like sometimes you'll watch these all Japan Corican shows and there's like empty seats in like the second row. And you're like, Oh God, damn, like, this is, this is pretty bad. This is pretty rough here. That wasn't the case here whatsoever. I mean, th- this, this felt like a very full building. So I'm with you. Yeah. If you can, if you could sell a, a block of a hundred tickets for a hundred bucks or whatever, who, who cares? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. bought the building, you had the building anyway, you may as well just get people in there to, to try to, make it look a little bit better. I, yeah, I'm fine with that. Especially for a show like this where, you know, you're trying to celebrate the company or whatever. That's fine. Get as many people in the building as, as possible. I don't even, I, honestly, papering doesn't even bother me that much either. If you can afford it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look, di- it looked good. It didn't look dire. No, no, no. And I think that, what honestly, when I clicked play, I was like, oh, here we go. What's this going to look like? And then I was like, oh, I was, I was completely taken aback by how good it looked. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I thought like, oh man, all Japan and Budokan, like it's going to look, Real empty, and maybe they're not gonna have lights and stuff because they they run a very lean operation <laughs> these days. There's a lot of stuff they do, but this felt like a big time show in a big time company. So I you know what it looked like it looked like a pandemic show. That's a, it looked like a pandemic show. Yeah. You know where you know we haven't seen a packed crowd in Japan in, in years. You know that's all. But um, I'm with you. I really came out of this show feeling good about all Japan and not feeling depressed for like the first time, and it was a combination of things. You get the title back on Miyahara, which obviously I'm on board with because I think he's the best and most charismatic wrestler in the company. Um, And then, you know, you bring back the Saito brothers and they have a new look. And they're obviously getting a push because they came out and challenged for the tag team titles after the tag team title match. You debut the new kid against Yuji Nagata. Let's start there. What were your impressions of Yuma Anzai, who everybody in Japan is super high on? 
Uh, I liked him. I think he he looked okay. Like I I kind of I think I probably I think I overhyped myself. I thought this guy yep. like I thought he was gonna like the bell was gonna ring and I was gonna be like that's one of the biggest stars in Japanese wrestling. That's a guy. Yeah, that's like it wasn't that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. But then you realize that the guys had like no matches. He's never. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was fine. He was perfectly okay. Perfectly good. Handled himself well. Uh, looks like he's got potential to be very good. Yeah, I. When it was done, I was like, "Well, that was that was my fault for expecting the bell to ring and this guy to just be like the best wrestler we've ever seen." It wasn't that, but put the belt on him, right? Right? I thought like, yeah, he should come out and challenge Kento at the end of the night or whatever. Uh, not that, but he he looks solid. He he looks solid. They they look like they got something in him. Once he fills that body out a little bit, and you can tell he's still pretty young. Uh, once he gets a few matches under his belt, he's he's gonna be solid. Is he a, a bona fide, no doubt, take it to the bank superstar, top of the line dude? I don't know if he's that quite yet, but but. You know, I think he'll be good. My impression was not a prodigy, but clearly a guy where I see why they think he has upside. Yeah. And clearly a guy where I see why everybody wanted him, including New Japan. But did he come across like a prodigy? He did not. But I see the potential and I see the upside. You know, there's something there. You got to remember, it's like his first fucking match. (laughs) Right. And, you know. Yuji Nagata, as expected, sold a lot for this kid. And, you know, he really gave him a lot, you know, relatively speaking for the situation. And, um, you know, because he was excited to work with him. He lobbied to work with him, you know, tried to get him in New Japan. And he did a nice job with him. So you keep an eye on that. But him, along with the uh, the Saitos and the way that they booked Nomura, they clearly want that guy back. In the worst way possible. I did. Okay. So disclaimer to the listeners. I did not watch the follow up Corican yet. So. I have not either. So. All right. So we'll stay out of that. I'm definitely going to watch that before next week because there's follow up to this show on the. I just didn't have time. We had a million shows to watch. I couldn't get to it. So that's the disclaimer. So I might say some things where people are like, but wait on Corican. I didn't see it yet. So. It's clear they want no more back. The Saitos are going to get a push for better or worse. And this Anzai kid. So my big picture thought on this show was for the first time in a long time, there's a different energy in all Japan. There's some different directions. There's some new guys. There's some new blood in the mix. And it's not the same. You know, they were starting to feel like the old Portland wrestling crew with like the same 12 wrestlers on every show. Oh, yeah. The same three guys trading the title back and forth. We never get anything fresh. Jake Lee never really happens. He's at his absolute uh, ceiling at this point with his heel shtick. I think we all accept that. Um, But now there's a little injection of life. That's how I came away. And you kind of sounded like you had a similar feel. Yeah, it just felt like, okay, this is a company that, that I've been watching for a couple of years now just because I feel kind of obligated to do that. I'm doing the show. I wasn't because of the letters. It. It's because of the and it's Yeah, I was going to say, and it's because it's all Japan for wrestling. That 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 is a legacy company, and they deserve the attention, and yada, yada, yada. But largely, I haven't been very excited about a lot of the stuff. Like, I'll click play, and I'll you know watch the matches, and by the end, I'm just like, I don't know. You know I don't really know what to say about this. But when it was done, like, and, and that applies to Aoyagi as well, Atsuki Aoyagi, uh, who you know yeah. won the junior heavyweight title, it felt like a full-on like changing of the guard. Like, a lot of the old guys lost. A lot of the new guys reappeared. 
Uh, Yume Aoyagi beat Christopher Daniels. That was cool. Anzai yeah. appeared. That was cool. Uh, the other Aoyagi beat Tiger Mask and hopefully sends him away. Like uh, the the, you know, the Honda and Ashino Ash- team beat Get Wild. Like it just felt fully like okay, it's a 50th anniversary, but what what they're really doing is setting the stage for the next era of All Japan, which is good. And that's f- not what All Japan has felt like really for the last couple of years. It's just even kinda... with Suwama losing, you could throw that in there. Yeah, right, right. It just ultimately felt like a total okay, that was a lot of the old guys, that was a lot of the old guard, but now here's the new. And that's a perfect opportunity. That's what you do with a show like this. And that's why you don't mind giving up uh, uh, 500 tickets for $500 or whatever, whatever right, you know, whatever right. it's going to be, because you want to get people in the building and hopefully get them excited to say, well, okay, there's some interesting stuff going on here in all Japan. If you come at them and, and it's voodoo murders and Suwama wins the title and, and all that stuff, like that's going to bore people to tears. But they, they, they pretty much across the board on this show, it felt like. Obviously, you know, Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata were going to win their matches, but I think they put both guys over in, 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 in defeat as well. But pretty much everybody else on the show, it felt like the people winning were like, all right, now here's what's in the here's future of this company. Yeah, here's what's next it, for this company. It felt like not Noah. Right, right. That's what it felt like. Um, let's run through it quickly. So Kento Miyahara wins the title from Suwama in the main event. I did not think it was a great match. I thought it was a good match. Um. Yeah, it, it was uh, Suwama's. Uh, he, I don't know, man. It's he usually over delivers to my expectations because I bury the guy and then he's right. pretty good. I just don't know if he's I that guy it was fine. anymore. Yeah, it was fine. It, it, it was okay. I like that it was but, only sixteen minutes and Kento just got the win. I, again, they didn't they didn't try to trick you too much. And oh my god, Suwama's gonna do this. It was like Kento just kind of beat him. You know, what I mean, they wrestled and when Kento put him away, he just put him away. Yeah, you know, and that and that's fine. Sometimes that's okay too. Yeah, so, and Kento, I got to tell you, he's not having a classic Kento great bell-to-bell year. He's not. He's not a contender for most outstanding or anything like that. Um, I don't know if that's by design. Like, I'm not going to work this hard for a company that's not doing great, or if it's just, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. He might be slowing down. It might not be the best guys. I mean, he's in the ring with a lot of the same, same dude, so maybe he's just unmotivated. Bored. I mean, yeah. it's not that he hasn't been good. He just hasn't been, I mean... A couple years ago, he's in the conversation for the best wrestler on earth. You know, uh, and so it's a high standard not to uh, live and, up to. Uh, and this week's Open the Voice Gate, uh, Case and Mike. Great. Yeah. This was a particularly great episode this week as well. So make sure you go anyway. State of State of Dragon Gate, recent departures, a lot of stuff going on in the company. That was one of their best episodes uh, they've ever had. Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, Open the Voice Gate. Uh, they did a. Can you guess how old Kento Miyahara was? And I will tell you, Joe, I was like eight years off on how old I thought Kento Miyahara was. Do you know how old he is? What did you guess? I guess well actually I wasn't that far. I guess thirty nine. You guessed thirty nine? I thought he was thirty nine. Yeah, I don't know. No, why. he's not that old. No. He's, he's like thirty two or thirty three. Thirty three, yeah. I can't man, that's a I thought you were gonna say you guessed like twenty six. No, 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 no. I just thought he was older. I mean he he's a I don't he's been say, around. I don't know if I don't want to say a rough thirty three, but it's a. it's been a it's a lot of work. There's a lot of bump cards on that thirty three. I mean, I think he still is the same guy. I just don't think he's putting in the same effort. Yeah, and oh, no, I don't... no, I agree. No, I'm not saying that he's like on death's door. Not even in a lazy way. I no, just no, think... no, no, no. It's just, I just mean he's had so many different paths of his career that it's like, I could see him oh, just I being mean, bored you... by like the whole thing. You know what I mean? He's, he's been just... around forever. I mean, you could take him all the way back to the burning versus KO feud. That's what I'm saying. Shit. Like, yeah. So it's so like he's like... been around and he's been in my conscious forever. So I could get this guy being like, ah, yeah, fucking Suwama again, man. Like, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do in another Suwama match? Like, you know, so I, 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 I use that as an excuse not to say that he's like broken down and battered and beaten or whatever, just that I could get how he'd be kind of bored if it's like, dude, all right, I'll 
fucking Swama for the Triple Crown. All right. <laughs> like, how many times has he faced Swama for the Triple Crown? Like, I get it. I, I get how you could, you know, maybe not be all the way in on on, on excitement level for uh, for a match like this. Yeah, he. Um, so he wins the title. The the then he had the number one contender match with Naoya Nomura, beating Jake Lee in like thirty seconds, and. You know, so they do the shock finish there. More of these. I want Japanese wrestling to have. I want all of wrestling to have more of these. I know that uh, uh, Gerard, uh, who did the review for VoiceWrestling.com, theorized that maybe the show was running long or whatever, and they kind of went out there and said that. Even if it wasn't, like I like it. It's perfect. I think it's a it embar- it makes Jake Lee. You know, it embarrasses him, which I think is is cool and and funny. And then like and fits. Yeah, and fits. And and no more. You're trying to you know be like, hey, please come back. We'll give you a big win in a minute, so that works. But then also, I think it's like not bad that a guy just wins in a minute. That's not always the worst thing to me. So I, I wish more of this would happen. It definitely gets your attention rather than he just wins an 18-minute match. Right, exactly. So, um, again, I, I didn't watch the Corican, so I can't say much more. It's just Nomura has become a weekender. He, he finagled his way out of this company, and we talked about it at the time. Now he's kind of like a weekend warrior with these grimy indies, and he's been poking his head into all Japan. I think they probably want him back, but we'll see. Um, we had you talked about the junior title. Aoyagi defeats Tiger Mask. It was time to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But this I, I would, Tiger Mask thing, which this was, was fine. This is my favorite of Tiger Mask's all Japan matches. I thought he was solid here, and and I thought Aoyagi he's been was good. good on this run. I mean, I've enjoyed everything he's done. The best thing about this match was Ninja Mac coming out for the challenge, and then he does like seven backflips to exit the <laughs> the, the the building to total silence. Because it's clap crowd and right. and it's Ninja Mac and I don't know what to make of him. He's been working prelims. Then he did those backflips to exit the building all the way to the curtain, and I I, I was crying. I was crying. But uh, so we're gonna get a little Ninja Mac action uh, for the title. I thought that this GOA versus Get Wild tag title match rocks. Yeah, I dude. Like, look at those guys. Those are dude. Get Wild fucking rocks. All time great tag. Team. We know you're the Get Wild. I'm the Get fan. Wild guy, man. When they when they did that promo package before, I got a little teary eyed. You know what I mean? They did the whole Get Wild story. I, I was like, teary eyed. I was like, oh wild. god, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, look. They showed up in a big spot. Hell yeah, they did. Omori. I I love that Omori is as old as some of the guys in like the old. I actually, I'm not. Oh, no, he's. He's, he's got old be, fuck. Is he older he's than in Inoue? 50s. He's got to be older than Inoue, right? Got to be in his 50s. So Takawa Mori is 52 years old. See? Masao Inoue. How old is Masao Inoue? Let's see. Probably 48 or something. 52. Okay, so they're the same age. All right. Compare the, the two. I mean, like, not that Inoue is bad. I did feel kind of bad that Inoue came out. They're like, all right, here's these... <laughs> these yeah. On death store old guys and Masao Inoue. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Like great Kojika, who's you know, he can barely walk. Yeah, he teamed with Kojika and Yacht. <laughs> I kind of felt he teamed, bad. He teamed with great Kojika and a man with one leg. <laughs> I, I kind of felt bad. I was like, he's not that old. Yeah. He's like, you know, but then, like, uh, the, worse yet is then the next match, a guy the same age as him is in a big time spot and fucking delivers. And yeah, Takawa Mori, the wild man from Japan, as Vince McMahon would say, I mean, he's great. Great as always. You could, tell, you could tell that Soya and Omori were thrilled to be in such a big spot. Hell yeah, they were. Yeah. And it showed in the work. And I, this may have been my favorite match of the show. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I think it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely for me. Definitely. I really look at my ratings. Yeah, for sure. And the Saito brothers come out to challenge. Now, these guys have a whole new look. (laughs) (laughs) One's rocking a beard, they got the long hair. You could tell them apart now, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got this gaudy <laughs> ring gear with like the stars on the legs, and yeah, they look like uh, they just appeared from like 1987. You know. Well, that's because Rich, they're the Dream Warriors. Yeah, we're the Dream Warriors. <laughs> great... Now I like the name. I like the theme song. I just don't know. If... Uh, they're not my <laughs> Dream Warriors. They're someone's they're Dream Warriors. To... <laughs> they're coming out to docking Dream Warriors. That's a shoot for people who didn't watch this. Yeah, no, we didn't make that up. Yeah. And we heard the song like four times because they won their match. <laughs> yeah, they want again, they're gonna be whether I like them or not, like you gotta get on board because that train's not stopping anytime soon. Who knew? If I would have said to you three or four years ago, <laughs> Rich, you know who's gonna make a big impression on pro wrestling over the next three years? Dockin. <laughs> You're gonna get into the fire on NWA. Power, <laughs> and you're going to get Dream Warriors for a hot new act in all Japan. Dokken songs are making a comeback in pro wrestling, Rich. You can never predict pro wrestling. I think it's just hilarious that these guys use that old Dokken song to come out to. Um, they've got their new look. They're so anti all Japan. They're just not anything what you would associate no. with all Japan. I still think they stink. If yeah, I'm being honest, they're so bad. <laughs> I was just... hoping. I was hoping you weren't like, yeah, they got a little bit better. I was like, these guys stink. No, they didn't look good. They're, they're, so they're awkward, but there's a charm to them. There's a charm to them. Like, like I said, they they look like they came from like some like late stages dying territory from like 1987 or whatever. Yes. And they yes. appear, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, what the hell happened to these guys? You look it up, and it's like, you know, one of the guys quit wrestling a year later, and the other guy, like, hung around for a few more years or whatever. But, yeah, they, they feel like – and I don't know the exact territory to, to, to put my – but it, Central it, States. <laughs> yeah, like one of those, yeah. yeah. They, they, you know what they look like? They look like they're about to lose a first-round Crockett Cup match to the horse. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what they look like. You know, Arn and Tully are going to take it to these guys and they're going to beat them in about six minutes in the first round of the Crockett Cup. That's what they look like. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're still like they, they have like, in this case, four left feet because there's two of these men. Um, they, they don't have great physiques. They're tall. They got a new confidence to them, I guess. Um, but look, it's new blood. Okay. And if these I'll guys it, are doing it, it's better than voodoo murders, man. I'll take it. It's better than twin towers who are washed up. It's better. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd rather see these guys get an opportunity and to freshen up these cards a little bit. So they'll get a tag team title match. Onita worked this show with, <laughs> with Masanobu Fuji <laughs> and Shiro Koshinaka against great Kojika Maseo Inoue, who is one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time. I hate him. <laughs> That stupid smug look on his face all the time. <laughs> the, dumb, and his, and his, the, dumb eye, the dumb sideburns, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I just hate everything about this guy. He's always been one of the shittiest and laziest wrestlers in Japan. I just, <laughs> yeah. I've just, i never liked him. Um, and Yoshiaki He wrestles exactly the same as he did 15 exactly years ago. Yeah, he he's, still sucks. <laughs> this guy sucked when he was 30, and he sucks when he's 52. Like, he's equally sucky now. Like, he, you know. And, and Yoshiaki Yatsu, who has one leg. And was using his prosthetic leg to throw strikes. 
<laughs> so it was a spectacle. Why. It was a spectacle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm losing my voice here. I've done a lot of audio. You have, um, yeah, yeah. Yuma Aoyagi defeats Christopher Daniels, and Daniels gives him the the raised hand and the point. You well, know, the he, classic he started like a classic worker. He started off the match with, no, you got to earn my handshake, pal, right. brother. And then they had the match, and then he beat him. And then he earned Listen. his handshake, so he gave him the handshake and the point. Ah, this guy. Yeah, cheer. This is the guy, everybody. So <laughs> Nobody can cheer. They can just clap very yeah. <laughs> clapping furiously. Right. If you're going to do the boilerplate veteran puts over a guy match who has to earn his respect, that's who I'm booking. I mean, Chris Daniels. Oh, I would. I, I think every thing. indie. I, I, I think that Christopher Daniels, and I, I don't know if I've said it on audio, but I think he is one of the most underutilized wrestlers in the world. Every indie should have Christopher Daniels do a, hey, we want this guy to get over. Can he beat you? And then you raise his hand and point to him afterwards match. Every indie yeah. should try to get this guy to do that. Shit. All Japan flew him to Japan to, to do, do the, it. Yeah, uh, right. Put the guy over match. Uh, we talked about Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai, Minoru Suzuki. They booked him for the show, tried to sell some tickets. He beat Okutu Omori. Uh, the all-Asian titles, yes, those still exist for those of you who don't follow this company. Voodoo Murders lose, Minoru and Toshizo. Minoru's been washed for a while. I've been saying that. Um, they lose to Dan Tamora and Hikaru Sato, so that was a good booking decision as well. Um, Cyrus and the Saitos. I love Cyrus. <laughs> That's I'm what I, I'm saying. Cyrus and the Saitos is like straight out of like a like Gary Hart or like some like yeah. third level Oliver Hupperdig team. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's you know not even it's it's like Gordon Sully. Like, oh, you got quite the unit here, Oliver. And he's like, these are my new guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my yeah. god, who are these yeah. dudes? Like. Yeah, you know, Oliver Hubbard is like, I found these guys from the forest. Or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, you know, quite the formidable trio. They build them for one match. They lose. <laughs> right, you never right. see them again. You know, it's on to the next one. You know, they're off to the fucking Central States territory after that. Uh, look, Naya was here to to lose the match, but you know, it was encouraging that that Twin Towers were on the losing end of this to help get these guys over. Yeah, we're, we're done. Let's let's um, never push them ever again. They they look horrific, and they're getting worse Su- by the day. Yeah, Suji Ishikawa is done. He's washed up, and Kohei Sato is completely finished. There's <laughs> he nothing left six in the years tank. Ago, but yeah, he looks like ET. It's just time to move on from that guy forever. He's shaped like ET, the extraterrestrial. Thank um, you for clarifying. Nobody knew who you who you, Kohei you Sato. said. Et. Thank you yeah. for clarifying. You, you never ET, know when... the extra comma the extraterrestrial. Thank you. For... Some of these listeners probably don't know Rich. <laughs> they don't know the Beatles. Do we have to relitigate that? Oh, I mean, God, they might not even, know Et. Okay. Even, yeah. Um. This guy Sato wants to phone home. Okay. He's looking for Elliot. This guy looks like fucking Et. I don't care what anybody says. Every time I see this guy, he's shaped like Et. He looks like Et. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad they're not pushing him anymore. ATM, Mitsuya Nagai, Tajiri, and Yoshitatsu defeat our boy Andy Wu, Black Menso Ray, Izanagi, and Sushi. So all the undercarters getting yeah, in the yeah, mix yeah. here. Rising Hayato and Ryu Inoue defeat Oji Shiiba and Yasuke Kodama, who uh, I don't know who's cornflakes. He took a shit in, but he's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jesus. He's he working. I was like, is that? You know? Wow. All right. Like, and then. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not his time, I guess. Nah, I don't know. He, ha- he but, had uh, his time, I guess, sort of. Really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's just. He just wasn't involved in anything. Bad timing, maybe. Because he's not like they, they've pushed him before. Right, to, right, right. 
his level. I mean, you know, yeah, maybe he had a, a six 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 show to go to afterwards. So he, you know, right, <laughs> like a literal satanic worshiping <laughs> session, no, or no, like the, the, the wrestling the promotion. promotion. Yeah, the promotion. Yeah. So. Rising Hayato is a guy. Maybe there was a have. birth show going on that he had to get to. So <laughs> fucking hard hit or something. <laughs> right. um, that's the, actually that's more like that's not really dirty wrestling. That's more like uh, wannabe shoe wrestling Nobody yeah cared. yeah yeah this uh, is like what was the one what's the one that did the andy woo anniversary show that we laughed about a couple of months ago i forget was that colega no it wasn't colega it's like v star or something like that i've never oh, watched it but yeah, 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 i, I yeah, was yeah. just amazed that they did they were trying to sell tickets on the back of an andy woo like 10th anniversary show yeah they like, run in the basement that yeah, yeah 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 they might like, like you know what they might run in the colega state i i'm using stadium loosely here uh, in the Kaliga studio, I should say, is probably the best way to. Kaliga's still going, man. <laughs> Every day? No, but like three or four times a week. Wow, good for them. Vamo Star. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, thank you, Gerard. Vamo Star, yes. Yeah. Which is just also Kaliga, right? It's like the same people that were Kaliga, so I don't know what the. Whatever. But yeah, they, they I'm looking at it now. They did the Vamo Star Andy Wu 10th anniversary in Osaka. So I'm sure they were hanging from the rafters there for the Andy Wu 10th anniversary in Osaka show. So well, I gotta take shots at Andy Wu. No, I love Andy Wu. I just I just This is an Andy Wu podcast. It we is don't, an Andy Wu podcast, yeah. I'm, we I'm respect sure Andy Wu here. Taz was probably there, you know, to, to pay his respects. Maybe on a video they did an Andy Wu. Um but yeah, it just seems I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem like He'd sell that many tickets, but maybe I'm wrong. So, all right. <laughs> Noah Grand Ship. Yeah, Grand. Sorry, what are you talking about? Noah Grand Ship in Nogoya Pro Wrestling Love Forever Two Outbreak. It's exactly what I'm okay, talking good. about. Okay, um, good. 1933 people in the Dolphin, the renamed Dolphins Arena in Nagoya. I, I think this is a disappointing number. Honestly, I mean, I understand it's a COVID number. It was almost two thousand is- fans. That's what uh, Noah's. Uh, Somebody I mean, was, we've seen somebody's tweeting at Dave. Hey, we almost got two thousand people in the building. All right. We've seen over three thousand people in this building for World Tag League shows. I know that's New Japan, but it's not like the World Tag League is, you know, fucking a huge, uh, hot ticket. I mean, I don't know when you consider that this is the last time, quote unquote, that Muto's ever going to wrestle in the city, and he's doing one of his retirement matches, and you have Kato Kiyomiya challenge you for the title, who. You know, allegedly, uh, you know, Muto uh, helped to put over as the next uh, big thing. To me, this is a disappointing number. That's that's my take on this attendance. Um, I don't think that they should be thrilled with this at all. And, uh, you know, it's not I'm not one to say I told you so. I'm a humble man. But uh, moving forward, you know, it, it just it's possible that they geeked out this kid just way too much with Muto and the wind turned out not to mean anything. But I'm just going to sip on my tea over here. And uh, is that proper use of that meme? Uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to not know. But, yeah, you can you can go and sip on your little because uh, uh, I don't think this was a good number. I no, it, it's definitely got to be a disappointing number for one of the last Muto matches like that. You know, that that's a huge promotion. And. You got that, and then you also have, yeah, you have a straight-up GHC WWE title match with a lot of people believing that there was going to be a title switch. There being a title switch, so, like, that worked. I mean, you you, you had every title on the line here. You had a Keiji Muto re- retirement match, and you had the GHC heavyweight title in a presumed title switch, and you didn't get 2,000 people. I mean, that, that yeah, 
you can't see that as anything but a disappointment. I mean, I, I looking at the talent that's on the show, like you know, I don't know what the I don't know what the uh, the, the 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 profit loss is for the show, but like. There's a lot of expensive talent on the show, and and yeah, selling only uh, 1,933 tickets is is not not good. We have breaking news. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. I'm gonna play the breaking news music. Uh, we don't. Yeah, sure. All right, hold on. It's gonna take some effort. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me get to the breaking news. I, I, now things I learned. We have breaking news music. So hold on yeah hold on. of course we do what are you talking about professional hold operation on. here number one number one number one podcast in turkey all right give me Come a up. second give me a second uh watch later here's the uh, okay here we go oh hold on ad hold on <laughs> get that youtube premium come on you're a you're a big time radio <laughs> star that. let's just tell me what the song is i got the youtube premium Breaking news. Is it playing? I can't even hear the music. Can you hear that? No, I couldn't hear it at all. <laughs> well, then let's try again. Breaking news. It's barely audible, but sure. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so apparently on the uh, follow-up Corkin, Suji Ishikawa has dumped E.T. Oh. Kohei Sato, and he's now formed a tag team with Cyrus. What? Yes. Yes. I love it. I'm in. That was worthy of the breaking news music. That was worthy. Hell yeah. All right. I'm in. Cyrus. I don't think anyone's going to stop them. How could no one hear the breaking news music? Nobody can hear it. Turned up all the way. Nobody could hear it. I've done that gimmick before where I just, you know, um, Anyway, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, okay, so the Noah show. So Kato Kiyomiya wins the title from Kano. Kato Kiyomiya and Kano is one of my favorite pairings in wrestling, along with uh, uh, Kano and Katsuhiko Nakajima. Uh, Kiyomiya and Kano doesn't quite have the nastiness and violence of Kano and Nakajima, who I think maybe even shoot fight each other in half of oh, their Oh, yeah, matches. they look like they're actually literally um, killing each other. So. But it's still one of my favorite pairings in wrestling, and I have to tell you, They've probably wrestled eight, nine, ten times in singles matches over the last few years. This was my least favorite match that Absolutely. they've had. Yeah, I, that was going to be my hot take. I, I was really curious if you were going to – because so I ended up watching this live too because so I was watching uh, – I woke up like very, very early on because our flight had come back on Saturday and like we were up for like 24 straight hours. So I went to bed at like 5 p.m. on Saturday because I was just burnt. and, and So I woke up at like 2 a.m. On, on Sunday morning and was like, ah, I'm just going to – what what's on like what's and new japan was on i was like all right cool so i'll watch new japan the second will and david finley left the ring for their match when that match was over i switched over to noah and this match was hitting the ring it was perfect and i was like oh hell yeah i'm gonna be because i watch so much wrestling spoiled like 95 percent of the wrestling i watch is spoiled because it's like i'm not watching in the middle of the night i'm not waking up you know there's weird so and i have to put results up for the website or i gotta put things up on the site so it's like i'm i'm constantly getting spoiled by this stuff and it's fine it's it is what it is this was i was like fuck yeah it's kaito kiyomiya and kano these guys have had great matches with each other i'm gonna be able to watch it unspoiled it's all here and these i i think these guys could wrestle a hundred times and i think it would be better 99 of the other times this might be the worst that these guys can do and that's still i mean it's fine it was a fine match but like you know what i mean like these guys are capable of so much better and we've seen them be capable of so much better we've seen them have so much better matches and this just felt i don't know there was just 
when it was over, I was like, all right, yeah, that's 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 that. I I don't know. I have no. Do you have any strong thoughts about this match? I really don't. I feel like I got. I, I don't have much. It's yeah, just, it had it had happened. no spark. It had no spark, and it never hit a second gear. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, and the other problem is, as another thing that we feared, Kiyomiya is doing a total muta muto uh, cosplay act. The gear, the moves, the gestures, the hand poses. And, um, you know, I'd really like this guy just to be the first Kato Kiyomiya and not the next Keiji Muto. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's uh, it's a mistake in my view. Um, you know, at least when he was doing the Masawa tribute stuff, he wasn't trying to be Masawa in the ring as much as he's trying to be Muto in the ring. And it was just kind of borrowing the colors and the imagery and, and that felt like a proper tribute. This feels like Muto's got him at gunpoint or something in the back and is forcing <laughs> him like to weird, yeah. it's it's weird. It 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 doesn't feel right. This kid is a great wrestler, and he can be a great wrestler. He could be the, the a great first Kato Kiyomiya. Um, he doesn't need to do this. This whole thing from start to finish was completely botched. We're not gonna relitigate it. And here we are. And now he's out here having average as hell matches to win the title. That's not going to do him any favors. Uh, in my view, the show did not draw particularly well. And um, I don't know. I, I Maybe when Muto goes away, this guy can just go back. But I, I, perhaps the damage is done. Um, I'm just thinking from the standpoint of the defense is always, well, the older guys bring in the older fans and, it gets people to buy tickets who, who wouldn't buy tickets otherwise or haven't been interested in Noah in years. But when these guys go away, does it feel like Kiyomiya has truly been passed the torch or are those older fans just going to see him as a geek? Right. And to me, I think they see him as a geek because I see him as a geek. I mean, I hate to say it, but um, man, I just this match, it wasn't good. And the, the, the cosplay act is kind of embarrassing. So... Um, no, not a great title match at all. And uh, I don't know. You have anything else to add or you want to just run through the rest of this Yeah, part? I really don't. That, that it sucked. It, it put a damper because I, I then decided, well, should I should watch some of the other parts of this. I didn't watch all of the show. I, I just kind of bounced okay. on then afterwards. But, uh, yeah, I was really, really – I mean, I, I can't express my disappointment enough. And it's like it wasn't a horrible match. It wasn't a bad match. But these guys – and this is a big-time spot here. This is the main event, GHC heavyweight title. It's Kiyomiya getting it. it and it's just, it was just kind of there, man. It was just kind of there. And considering that their follow up was like that that one on uh, th- this year, it was New Year's Day, right? This year, I mean, fucking tremendous. And then the one uh, in October of last year, you know, almost a one year anniversary of that match that that was so spectacular and so good. I mean, these guys have had so many better matches. All of their last five or six matches have been better than this one. And it's just yeah, it's a shame. So, so Rich, I made a grave error. I I mixed up the Ninja Mac challenges. He challenged Hayata, obviously. He didn't challenge. Um, he challenged oh, him to yeah, no right. Show. Yeah, I don't even know why I didn't. Yeah. Okay, right. So, I was like, <laughs> because you were so you were so wrapped up in the backflips to exit the arena that <laughs> right. I was so excited to talk about the backflips to exit the arena that I mixed up which yes, show he right, came right, out right. on. But obviously, he's a Noah wrestler and not an All Japan wrestler. So I'm looking at this Hayata Yohei match, which you skipped. I skipped. I th- um, there is not when I saw that that match went because tw- I, I obviously got spoiled by this. I saw 23 minutes and 45 seconds of fucking Hayata and Yohei, and I decided. No, I'm good, and uh, I did not watch it, Joe. Did I? Uh, did I? Uh, did I make a grave mistake skipping the 89th Hayata Yohei singles match? No, it was extremely no. boring and extremely long. Damn. Well, wow. 
I mean, this par match for the never <laughs> yeah, par for the course for these guys. It never ended, but uh, Ninja Mac came out at the end and did a thousand backflips <laughs> to exit the building. Somebody challenged Aoyagi. Can someone in the chat room help us and remind us who challenged Aoyagi? Because it's going to bother me now. Because didn't someone come out and challenge Aoyagi on the All Japan show? Uh, for the ju- oh yeah 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 yeah. Fuck, I can't who remember was who that? it was. I, I really should take better notes. I can't remember who, because I always think, oh, I'll remember. Yeah, right, and then the time goes, it's hour three, and you're like, I And then remember. I tell you it was Ninja Mac, who doesn't even work in the company. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, no, Hayata defends against Yohei. Very boring match. Um, they only I don't had think five singles matches? That's impossible. That's a lot. Those guys, who wants to watch them wrestle? <laughs> I don't want to watch one of them, but I just mean Yeah, that. after the first time. It's I like, just thought there was like work. 90 of them, so. Oh, Rising Hayato, Rising Hayato. Thank you, Gerard. Came out. Thank you, Gerard. Yeah, did that, because did not backflip out of the arena. I don't believe. No, he did not. But I, I knew someone came out to challenge. And Rising Hayato's a guy. I think they might have something with. I do but, too. I, I, I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, but um, I have to just for my peace of mind, the um, the Hayato Yohei match is at six point eight five on the cage match currently. So. They liked it a little better than me because they're going like almost three and a half. I would go like three flat or something. It was just wholly unexciting and boring and dull and way too long. Um, Kaz Fujita and Keiji Muto beat Nakajima and Funaki. Rich, I'll give you a guess who took the fall. Oh, I I watched this match. (laughs) Oh, oh, great. And I couldn't. I, I, I could Part of me was like, they can't, really? And of course, yeah, of course, Fujita does something, and then he sets up Mudo and goes, ah, kill him! And then, yeah, Keiji Mudo does the fucking Shining Wizard to Nakajima and takes the one, two, three, yeah. You know what, though? Nakajima's a little prick. Fuck him, too. Yeah, I mean, this whole company is just filled with assholes. <laughs> a lot so of pricks, it's like, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's hard to feel bad for him because he's he's out here like an assassin knocking people out every other week. Right, I mean, and he's going to have to eat shit for a lot, of, a lot of time for that, so. You know, and then Fu- I guess we skipped over Kaz Fujita being the first challenger for Kiyomiya. <laughs> All right, yeah, you awesome. have that boring ass match. He's probably gonna go, win. Oh, it's Kaz Vegeta comes out, and then he—if you didn't see this—oh, what a what a moment too. So he comes out. First off, he yells at the ring guys to set up the steps because he can't get in the ring without like all the extra steps out there. So that's a it's a great sign for your title challenger that it, I can't walk into the ring unless you set up steps for me. Um, so he gets in there. He sprays beer all over Kiyomiya. He rubs his head, and then Kiyomiya shoves him. Fujita stays on his feet and then just walks out of the ring. So. Yeah, did you see that uh, what Kiyomiya tried to do, I think, was throw Fujita out of the ring. Right, but he... <laughs> and Fujita no-sold. Of course he did. Fuck these guys. Fuck this company. Man. And poured, like, water on his head. Or was yeah, it was water beer, no, beer? It, was tra- it was beer, man. He had, he had beers, so... This company is, is, is <laughs> fucking parody. It's a parody of a pro wrestling company. It's such a joke. Fujita's take probably going to... Take a fucking gonna... bump, dude. Take a bump out of the ring. He's not asking you to take a fall yet. Yeah. You could even land, like, on your feet if you want. Like, he's just trying to get you out of the ring. He might like, he... literally not be able to take that bump. So it might be Iron Sheik style, you know what I mean, where he can't even do that. He bump, sucks so. so bad he probably can't take the bump. And and it's he probably will win. <laughs> Rich, he never lost the title. He got COVID. That's true. He's probably going to win. Like, you think, all right, Kiyomiya beats Muto. Now he wins the title. We're doing the We're thing. We're off to the races. Not- now we got it. We, we've created a guy. We're not doing the thing. He's probably going to lose to Fujita. 
who they clearly can't. doesn't they have any respect right? they for can't. They can't. And this poor Kiyomiya, do you, he just... <sighs> I don't know whether to feel bad for him or think he's a fucking pussy. I can't make up my mind. <laughs> At some point, you got to stand up for yourself, even if this one. If, first of all, there's no way he can't beat up Keiji Muto. That's number one, like in a real fight. Keiji Muto can barely move. Maybe he can't take Cass Fujita, old Ironhead, but stand up for yourself, even if it means taking an ass kicking. Right. I mean, you know, on one hand, I feel that way. And on the other hand, I feel bad for him because he's just trying to do the right things, you know. But the they, the guy just fucking no sells him. You just won the title. You're the burgeoning ace of the promotion. Fucking stand up for yourself, man. I know you're probably gonna get beat up in the back afterward, but fuck. I mean, geez, this is humiliating. This company, man, it's just a parody of pro wrestling. <laughs> it really Joe. is. Yeah, it really is. Um. So you think we're off to the races, too, with Hideki Suzuki and Tim Thatcher. <laughs> but once again, the answer's no. Uh, the strongest arm. You can't fuck with the strongest arm, dude. And they lose to Kojima and Segura. Listen, I ain't reporting news, but I did say at the time, don't be shocked if it's a soft jump. I don't know if this dude's ever coming back to New Japan. Now, look, for all I know, he's booked. He'll be booked on the next tour. I'm not reporting news. Right, right. I'll just say if I was him, I wouldn't. I mean, if the money's comparable. Yeah, this is a good gig. This is a pretty good gig you got. And if some of his pals are here. But I guess Muto will be going away soon. And This is fucking weird. I thought this would be the, the goodbye to Satoshi Kojima. Nope. Do a job <laughs> for the champs. That'll be it for him. I, I, Look, this is a nice little team, Kojima and Segura. All right? But there's no rhyme or reason to any of the booking in this company. There's just no rhyme or reason to any of it. That's why you can't make sense of it. That's why you can't predict anything. And you just hope the matches are good. Kotoge and Yoshioka, they win the junior tag team titles, which I think have changed hands three times since we started this podcast. (laughs) Uh, They defeat Chris Ridgway, who is, uh, I don't know, Zack Sabre Jr. on meth, and Yoshinari Ogawa, who... Still might be my favorite wrestler. <laughs> still the best promotion. wrestler, Noah. Yeah, I still fucking this love This guy's that, dude. limb work is is so – this guy working over the limbs, I can I can watch this all day, every day for the rest of my life. He's so good. How great was Ogawa in this match? Oh, yeah, I as mean, always, as always. You know, so hasn't it's like – Hasn't missed a step. Just like we said, Inoue hasn't changed. He wrestles the same as he did 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Ogawa hasn't as well in, in, in all the right ways. The inverse version, yeah. like where he's good still. Dude, Katoga is a 10-time <laughs> <junior laughs> team champion. Put him on the Hall of Fame ballot. 10 times he has won this yeah. title. And then we had some undercard stuff. El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, in like 100 years when they're like our sixth generation luchadors, how's that? Are they going to be... El Hijo, El yeah, the Hijo, son of, El, the son of, the Dr. son Junior, of, Dr. Junior, Junior. Yeah, I don't know. We got to ask Cubs fan next time we have him on. How yeah, that's that gonna get. Yeah, the Dr. Wagner's are gonna get quite, uh, um, quite tough to to nail down. If if yeah, we got son of, son of, grandson of. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know how they also choose between being uh, El Hijo or being a junior. Like and, the like what the term to be both? Yeah. Well, he gets to be both because he's El Hijo's son. No, I know, but like, what, what? At what point does it the the line has to break at some point? That's what I mean. What's going to happen like when he has a kid? Right, 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 right. To, anyway, he teamed with Jack Morris and Naomichi Marafuji. 
They defeat Anaba, Masaki Mochizuki, and Masato Tanaka. Jack Morris scores to pin. They like this Jack they Morris. They do like They love Jack Morris. I like it. They were solid. He's solid. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. He, he wrestles good. He, he had the 10-inning shutout over the Braves. So they like a lot of things about this guy, and he's getting a little push through. Alejandro, Extreme Tiger, and Ninja Mac defeat Hajime Ohara. Uh, high 69. Remember, he lost his name. He can't. He's got to go back to being Haroki. And uh, Tarasuke. So... Tadasuke fucking sucks. I'm glad when he leaves. <laughs> um, so much. Dude, if I took over Noah, I, I, half these dudes are just gone. Hit the bricks. <laughs> right. Go slum it up and fucking. Burst. Fucking go to burst. Yeah, go heat up. Burst. <laughs> fucking heat up or something. Um, <laughs> Masa Kitamiya. Uh, I have to say, I was at um, an Inspire Pro Wrestling show in like 2013. Shout out, Biss. And they did the. Uh, they did the, remember the old Chikar gimmick where they pick names out of a hat? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, Tito Santana. Oh, he's not here? And then pick another name. Like, And they'd just be ridiculous names. So they did the old Chikar gimmick where they're picking names out of the hat. And they're, you know, the first three guys like were just utterly ridiculous and weren't there. It was like King Kong Bundy, whoever the fuck, people who weren't there. And then they pulled the a name out and they go, Tarasuke, and he was there, Rich. Tarasuke was Whoa. there, and he came out and yes, <laughs> no one was expecting that. Believe me. Uh, so <laughs> that was a very well played Chikara hat gimmick at the uh, Inspire. And then he worked. Yeah, he was there. He yeah. wrestled the match. He was nice. there. Yeah, fucking. I don't know. I think he was on one of his excursions where I think he was actually working Chikara at that time, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he was he was actually there. Masakitamiya and Yoshiki Inamura defeat the Funky Express. I think it is now finally safe to say that Muhammad Yone is never – he's finally done getting his, like, bi-yearly every now and then. They push him for real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Now he's just firmly in the comedy role and that, you know. And I'm fine. not complaining. That's fine. Yeah, he's, that's fine. He's had a great career for, you know, a solid – he's been around for, like, 25 years or whatever. Good career. Never a really a main eventer, but a guy you can count on, a solid-as-fuck pro wrestler, and now he's in the – uh prelim comedy stage where he doesn't have to take a lot of bumps and all that. Um, Eita and the Sour Wrong Guy defeated Kai Fujimura and Yasutaka Yano. I don't remember if you were around when I talked about this, but Eita, um not completely done with Dragon Gate, but he is going to be doing the Peros thing more, the Noah thing more. He's in with those guys now. Yeah. And it wasn't a contentious exit with Dragon Gate. It's just you know, He'll pop in now and then. Um, but this is where you could expect to see him doing shit like this, hopefully in higher spots on the card. But um, that was Noah Grand ship. I thought the show was fine, um, you know, with all the problems we talked about in some of the bigger matches. Yeah, perfectly fine. But, yeah, no, nothing I think you have to go out of your way to. We can't rant and rave about this shit anymore. I mean, it just is what it is. No, no, Noah no. We, 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 I think we even said a couple months ago that we were just going like, to stop talking about Noah. But this was an important show that we had to at least talk about. But, yeah, it's. Done complaining about it. Yeah, yeah. I can't get mad about this company anymore. It is what it is. So, all right. So, very quickly, this Higuchi Takashita match, I guess we got to get in yeah, there. Yeah, for... let's do that. Yeah, we're, we're just about out of time, but we got a little bit of time to review this. One, we're just reviewing this one match. We did not, I did not watch, I don't know about you, I did not watch all of who's going to top uh, 2022. <laughs> so, <laughs> I watched that on Pornhub, but I didn't watch it on uh, Wrestle Universe. Who's going to top? Um, no, I do not watch DDT. It's silly little promotion. It's not for me. But if you tell me Kazasuda, uh, Kazusada Higuchi and 
Konosuke Takeshita are going to have a big time title match. I will parachute in for that and uh, just uh, watch it from that perspective. And I thought this was fucking great. So, um, yeah, these are two dudes. When, when we talk about like, you know, dumb jock wrestling and like, you know, guys that just go out, like the, the kind of wrestling that we say like is missing these days where guys just go out there and they yeah. just fuck. It's just two dumb as fuck dudes just beating the hell out of each other. Just to prove that they're stronger than the other guy for no reason, just to prove it. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't really, they, yeah. they just want they just are, want to prove to you that they are stronger and better than the other guy. So they just go out there and kill one another uh, to do so. Obviously, the title's on the line as well, so that that makes an important part of it too. But yeah, they just went out there and quite literally beat the fuck out of each other for you know I what I think it was. I don't know. I forget what the time was on the match. It didn't go yeah, yeah, over twenty. I yeah, think. somewhere over twenty, but not not. It wasn't like it was forty minutes or whatever. But it, I thought great length uh, flew by. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of spots that people brought up. That I mean, there's like some. There's one spot where Higuchi hits the the corner posts with his head, and it makes up. So Takeshita, he's got him by the arms, and they're on opposite sides of the corner post on the outside, and he yanks him forward. So Higuchi smashes his face into the post, but then Higuchi no sold it, and the crowd kind of yeah. Like so it made like a sound with this like head, like the and, Nigel McGuinness. Spot yeah, from- and everyone's just like oh, and then all of a sudden you're like oh fuck, and then he just like yeah. he starts blinking a little bit, and then he just gets up and goes ah. And you're just like, yeah. yes, fuck so yes. good, <laughs> love it. He just roars, and then yeah, he just goes at it, and then they just beat the fuck out of each other for a bunch. I mean, Takeshita is he's been tremendous this year, and in any other in like a non Will Osprey year, he might be my guy for for wrestler of the year. I mean, I've just loved everything I've seen from this guy. Uh, and it, he's appointment television. And I'm going to do that the rest of the year. If he's sticking around in DDT for the rest of the year, whatever he's going to do, whatever he's, he's going to do, back. I'm watching it. I'm watching. He's coming back to America. Is that like, what, like now or soon? Yeah. Yeah. Hell he's yeah. done. It's yeah. He's coming back. Fuck so, yeah. all right. Um, and, and Tony better give him some wins this time. Yeah. Around. Yeah. Tony, come on, man. I, I understand the, okay. So this will be his third run with AEW. The first one he never got on TV. He just worked the YouTube shows and the house show and did his little angle with Kenny Omega where Omega was the heel and he was the, 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 the face and that kind of deal. I get that, you know, cause he was only going to be there a couple weeks. The second run, the most recent run, he got over in defeat every, you know, he got over by never winning. Like he only beat jobbers on dark. He lost all of his matches on TV, but he got over in doing so that tells you, you have something. And I still would have had him score a big win at some point, but I can understand the mindset of not having him do so until you bring him back for the third run. This third run, you've got to have him start it. winning some matches, and you got to push him. Yeah, you he, got, to push he him. got over. The crowd connected with him. Uh, I had even friends that don't watch any Japanese wrestling. Don't you know that were like that guy fucking rocks. Like that, I, I love. You know what I mean? Like casual ish fans that just absolutely adored this guy. So yeah, they, they, now's the time. Now is the time to do it with him got to push him so um you got him over he's gonna come back people are gonna remember him it's time to do some things with him but as far as this match goes this was the best match on any of the this was the best match out of the four main events we talked about in japan oh yeah it was better easily better than the all japan and noah main events easily and i thought it was better than the will osprey david finley match as well this was uh i went four and a half on it um just shy of sort of match of the year level is where i would personally put it um but not far off. And uh, yeah, just my kind of pro wrestling. And it adds to Takeshita's wrestler of the year case for sure, because now he's got great matches in Japan and AEW all across the American Indies. 
uh, he's really having a breakthrough year in terms of uh, worldwide because we know he's a multi-time you know, version of their world champion in DDT, of course. But this is his breakthrough year worldwide where uh, he's really making a name for himself with, uh, with fans all over the world. No, absolutely. This is a match. Go out of your way to check this out. Um, I another guy. I feel like we've been watching for thirty years, and he's probably like twenty-eight. Oh, Higuchi? No, Takeshita. Oh, Takeshita. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, he might. Yeah. Is he under? Th- he might be under thirty. I don't think he's thirty. Yeah, I, think I, he's like I was gonna say. I think he's like twenty-eight. Because <laughs> when we first he's were reviewing, he was born in nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, he was a teenager when he was first starting to get pushed. Yeah, and we were talking about him on this show. Um. Higuchi's a guy where I was so frustrated at the how slow they were pushing him. It's one of the reasons I stopped watching DDT. Oh, but yeah. Now we, we did a whole show where we said that this guy is like the next dude in Japan. And yeah. And they didn't do it. And then we were like, fuck that. You know I mean? They did like, nothing with him for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And but I would not. get frustrated because DDT would do those fan polls and he would come in like 19th. And I'd be like, well, that's because you don't do anything with them, number one. And number two, these DDT fans are out of their minds. Yeah, they're and they wrong. like these goofballs. Yeah. He was the and, guy but, that people would would always bring up in like Q&As. I'm like, oh, if you could do like a Japanese trade or whatever. And I always said Goto. I would move Goto from New Japan to like Noah or whatever. And I would take Higuchi to like anywhere. I'd put just get him out of DDT because I think he'd be a fucking star in all these. I mean, he'd be immediately – just an absolute dude in, in any of these other companies or whatever. But he kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes in DDT. So. Yeah, they push him good now, but it yeah, took yeah. a long time. It took a long time. And I don't really like DDT, so obviously I'd prefer to see him somewhere else. But <laughs> right. never... From a personal standpoint, it'd be great to – Yeah. But as they keep doing selfish. matches like this and they keep doing stuff like this, then I'll, I'll at least check out their main events. And it's, you know, that, that's... Yeah. But, no, this is a match that used to be – you used to get a lot of these matches, and now you don't. Like, in – you know, when I first started watching Japanese wrestling, like really intently watching Japanese wrestling, you'd get a lot of these. Big Japan would have one of these every single month or whatever, oh, yeah. and, and and you know, all Japan even would, DDT, yeah. yeah, and DDT would have them a lot, and 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 then like it kind of stops because then sort of the and I don't want to say it's exactly like Okada's fault, but you would get like everybody kind of did those epic matches, you know what I mean? Less so of like the two dumb jocks just go out and kill each other, and more of like the epic, you know, thirty minute kick out main events or whatever. Uh, and I'm glad to see some of these too. I mean, they're they're both good, but uh, yeah, the, a match like this rocks. So yeah, go. Well, ahead I, I'll this, t- this is we don't have time for this today, and it's a bigger picture topic. I'll go on record. This is my least favorite period of Japanese pro wrestling since I've been a wrestling fan. Right now, I just don't think it's very good across. Yeah, I, I, no, I don't. I, I don't I, disagree. Yeah, I don't think you know. Obviously, New Japan is coming down from an all time high for a great decade run. They're on. They're coming down from that and rebuilding. Um, Noah obviously has the problems they have. All Japan has been essentially a big indie and has not been great, and we've documented a lot of their issues. Big Japan is just a non-entity. Yeah, it's complete non-entity. Nothing going on there. Zero one, a complete non-entity. DDT, I gave up on. It, this is this is the the worst and least interesting period of Kuro. Gleet. Uh, what? <laughs> what is that? This has been the least interesting. And worst period of Japanese wrestling since I've been following it, and that goes back to the early '90s. And and I would even throw in that weird period in like '99, where like even that was better than this. I, I really genuinely believe this is the least interesting period of Japanese wrestling. So I understand what you're saying, 
when we were doing shows in 2012, 2013, 2014, and we had banger after banger to talk about on every show because all of these companies were having these great main events. Yeah, every show was great. like the last half of the show would be like, all right, here's these bunch of Japanese main events that we watch, and here's how they rock. Daisuke yeah. Sekimoto, Okabayashi, Ishikawa, uh, you know, um, uh, all these guys across all these companies. And, you know, some of them have gotten older and can't go anymore. We talked about Suji Ishikawa and – um, you know, and, and there's others too. Koji, uh, um, we just talked about, uh, ET. He's another, you know, he was having great matches in zero one for a long time. So some of these guys just have, have gotten older yeah, and Masato Tanaka some, versus all those guys every single time that was good. And yeah. And some of these promotions have just, uh, slowly. And then the, and COVID didn't do anybody any favors and new Japan isn't what it was. Um, so yeah, to me, we are at the absolute bottom, at least as long as I've been a fan. So we'll end the show on that dour note. <laughs> that great that. note. Yeah, Japanese wrestling stinks. Hope you enjoyed yeah. our last two hours where we talked about Japanese wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that has been another episode of The Flagship. So I am Rich. He is Joe. Voicesofwrestling.com for uh, reviews, previews, all the other stuff. Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network as well. Make sure you subscribe to all of your favorite shows as well as the entire podcast feed as well. That is how we can all chart high in random countries, including turkey where we are the number one podcast uh in the world wrestling i guess i have to clarify wrestling anyway that is it for us uh flagshippatreon.com we didn't do any patreon plugs on the show but there's a lot of stuff up there right now uh as well patreon.com slash voices wrestling voices wrestling.com slash patreon or flagshippatreon.com uh as i said for all of that content so anyway that is it for us that is joe i'm rich we will talk to you next time on the flagship podcast take care Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.